Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to violence, the word and the act. While violence cloaks itself in a plethora of disguises, its favorite mantle still remains sex. Violence devours all it touches, its voracious appetite rarely fulfilled. Yet violence doesn't only destroy, it creates and molds as well. Let's examine closely then this dangerously evil creation, this new breed, encased and contained within the supple skin of woman. The softness is there, the unmistakable smell of female, the surface shiny and silken, the body yielding yet wanton. But a word of caution, handle with care and don't drop your guard. This rapacious new breed prowls both alone and in packs, operating at any level, any time, anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? Hi, I'm Christopher Priest. I'm the writer of Deathstroke for DC Comics, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Nice. Resounding. It was resounding and strong. Oh, lean back. Yeah. All that stuff. All of that and all the Dems. Jason. Vince. I got to give you a big hug because oh, you oh, have oh. you have beautified my computer workstation. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yes. It is festooned with minifigs. Now, now, you got to clear something up for me. These okay. are not... The pieces that they use to make these figures are not repurposed lego pieces from something else some of these look like they're casted from scratch yeah they're they're cast they're just made in another factory by a non-lego company i'm sure well the plastic feels the same it is the same how can it be the same it's the same plastic i thought lego had a super secret lockdown on the chemical composition of their plastic um, well, maybe it's not the same plastic, but I don't know. It feels it, like it. But it feels like it. It does. It feels very much like it. And I was I was astounded putting these things together because they're not half-assed. They're, they're really well-constructed, well-conceived figures. And for those of you who are listening but have no idea what I'm talking about, Jason gifted David and myself with a an ass load of, of Lego minifigs. Now, according to the Google... Which uh, you know can be can be iffy. Mm-hmm. Um, Lego makes their figures from ABS, which is I'm sure the same plastic that uh, these we made from, because it's the kind that 3D printers use. Well, look at that! That's amazing. I learned mm-hmm. something. But one of these is definitely the greatest thing I have ever seen in my adult life. Oh, Godzilla! The Godzilla one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's movie Godzilla, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. The 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 tried and true will be around the pipe sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm happy. I made you happy. You always make me happy. <clears throat> I, I wish I could say reciprocate. Well, here we go. Ding. <sighs> I'm going to put a background track on this, and every time he has recriminations, it's going to go ding. And I okay. want everybody to count the dings at the end of this episode. That's a lot of work for me, oh, so I'm not no. doing it. It's, no, it shouldn't be dings. It should be skulls. Four of them, yes, 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 to cover the the curse words, the curse words. 
And we don't cover our curse words at all. Unexpurgated all the time. It's 11 o'clock comics. Episode 526, y'all. And I am Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. It's been days since I saw you, since I saw either of you. And I am David A. Price. Sexy. Damn skippy you are. And I am Dirk Anger. Hmm. (laughs) You are far... More interesting and funny than Dirk Anger. You are Jason Wood. Everybody, he's here. We got. We got to prop him out. We got to prop. Stop. He can't go down that road. What do you say? It's a swan song. What? Oh my! Uh, All by myself. That's very, very true. All by myself. And you don't need to be. A desperate part of a group effort to get no to to get inexpensive comics and collectibles. All you need to do is go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you, Mister and Missus Funny Book of America, can get your stuff dirt cheap. Unfortunately, it is the time of the limbo. What with it being the last day of the month, maybe you can run over there and get the specials. I don't know, but just for those who weren't paying attention. You could have received Action Comics 1000 for 50% off, $399, 10 different covers, a whole squadron of creative people working on these things. Uh, Aliens Dust to Dust from Dark Horse by the maestro Gabriel Hardman was only $1.99. And last but certainly not least, Jason's cousin, Mr. B. Dubs. Robocop Citizens don't, don't Arrest. Do I don't even know what it means. Never do that again. Robocop <laughs> Citizens Arrest number one <laughs> for for a dollar B dubs ninety nine. <laughs> oh boy. DCB does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all shipped right to your very threshold of your domain. It's effortless. It's amazing, and it should be what you do every month. DCB Just go there. Go go go. That's what I finally did Monday night. Damn, skip Man, it, you, take, you wait to right to the last minute. I can't do that. Seriously, I I didn't mean to, but it just I mean, and and it's not like February is the longest month of the year anyway. It's just one of those things where I every chance I thought I had to take care of it, something constantly came up this month. So. um I don't know. I I also I was kind of waiting until uh, I mean it, yes it's very easy and that's what's great about DCBS is that once you do place your order you do have the entire month to edit it make changes to it so mm-hmm. it's not like I had to wait for them to release the action comics right. covers I could have picked one and then went back and changed it but yes that was part of it is that I I was waiting to see which one was going to be my pick but yes it's um and you picked the Allred right didn't you. I did. Me too. I, Jason, I, what did you pick? Just uh, the just the general one. The Jim Lee one? Yeah, did. I, I didn't go back and change it. That's the thing. I put my order in super early, and I didn't remember to go back and change oh. it. I I was I, the, the 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 I actually I had I had the thirties rude and the sixties all right in my cart at the same time, and I kept I, the mouse was hovering over both as to which one I was going to remove. Although I mean, it was cheap enough where I could have gotten both, but I'm like, I, which one? And I really like the rude image, 
but there is a lot more to enjoy mm-hmm. on the, um, sure. on the Allred cover. So yeah. I, and, and I figure it comes out, um, you know, before heroes. So if I hit the same guy who had the rebirth for like 50 cents, uh, maybe I'll end up with the rude before we leave Charlotte. I nice. hope they make it into a poster. That which, would be uh, which domino cover did you guys order? Uh, Epis. Oh, the, the J. Scott Campbell one, of course. Damn. I'm waiting for that to come out in trade because I do like, love Mr. Baldion's work. Yeah. And I want it all in one shot. I'm not, I buy enough single issues as it is. So I don't need domino and single issues. No offense. You do one thing. Sure, you did. You did. It was in my cart. It just, it was one of those things that just, I, there was, there was another book that I, that, that had hurt for me to take out of my cart and, and it didn't make it either. But that dollar uh, 99 broke you. No, it's not a dollar 99. <laughs> it's not. It See, it, it, on the surface, it's a dollar 99. But in reality, it's and it's just the first issue. It's going to be half off. Right. So it's a dollar ninety nine, and you don't even see that first issue so when until you order three. So I need five issues to complete the series. It's yes. Just, right. 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 So you're in the hole about say two seventy nine, two seventy nine. That's roughly five and change plus two. So seven bucks and change even before you see that first issue. So yes, it's not a dollar ninety nine. I figured you were going to buy enough to give to the patrons in their care packages for the next year. So. <laughs> He's got a case of Domino number one. <laughs> Merry New Year, y'all. <laughs> Jason, what are you drinking, back, my buddy? <laughs> He's so cool. I'm drinking ice water. Ice water. Hit the douche chill. He's got the douche chill. No, I'm, really. I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> I am appropriately consuming a drink suitable for the martyr that I'm going to be tonight. Sea water? <sighs> but, I mean, this is a very interesting topic. And I think we should include this. Not some... buying domino covers? No, yeah, no, no, no. I think the martyr, the martyr aspect of where you're approaching this Book of the Month episode. And thank you very much to our patrons for, for not only supporting us, we love you, but for voting on this monthly poll that determines what we read in our book of the month episode. Yes. And um, you guys are great, but I think we should incorporate the whole desire to experience something on a communal level that you have and that I do not. We should, we should get into that because that that's another aspect of enjoying and experiencing art, two different roads, both of them very valid, but I, it, it intrigues me that that you need this out of people you love. Like, you couldn't care less if, you know, my daughter looked at this book and thought it was garbage. Like, you'd be like, oh, whatever. But the fact that some of us maybe, you know, there may be a person in attendance that didn't really like the book all that much. That hurts you. And I got to know why. Um. Well... Generally, I would agree that I could care less. Uh, there's been plenty of stuff that we've all read that one of us or two of us didn't care for and the others did um, many times. And it doesn't generally bother me. But this bothers me because, one, because it's not just something I like. It's something I love. Mm-hmm. And, two, it's genuinely – I mean, we all know each other well enough after all these years 
we know there's certain parts of our comic readership where the concentric circles don't align. In fact, we even bust on each other about it. This was like a cold slap across the face to me because having, having before you said you intensely disliked it, I would have thought this is something that there was no way you didn't love it. Hmm. So it's just so strange to me because I'm, I'm, I'm so I, like, I would be my, David's been playing close to the vest this week. Cause I've threatened to quit if they both disliked it. Um, so he's yet to say whether he liked it or not, but I would have guessed if I thought you both had read it too. I, I was surprised that you hadn't, or at least I, it did. I bottomed out after the fourth issue. Okay. Um, but I, I, I would have guessed like a lot of, I would have bet a lot of money not beforehand that you would have loved it and that Dap might have had issues with some of the jokes. I I do like irreverent humor. I didn't find any of that in this book. And and I I well let's let's not bury the mm-hmm. lead. What the hell are you drinking? I'm drinking water. For real. No, I'm for real I'm drinking Guinness actually. Oh, my man. Yeah. Love it. Love it, love mm-hmm. it, love it. Dap, what are you drinking? Uh, because it is the book of the month, this felt fitting. Um, and because it's to celebrate a first issue that I also read. Um, so it's kind of a, in honor of a celebratory drink. Uh, this is Larceny 92 proof Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, very special, small batch. And, uh, I've had it before. I, I haven't had it in a while, and I still like it. Well, that's a good thing. Yes, yes. I am drinking. Thank you for asking. The uh, Vino X from the uh, farthest reaches of the negative zone. God knows where this thing's from. But more importantly, I'm drinking it in my renegade winery ah yes. Yes. And, that's, and and unfortunately i would have loved to have been able to say tonight we are each drinking yep. a glass of um renegade winery's own dot 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 but uh that didn't happen um, would have made a great segue it would have it right. would have. See, I would have went along with either of you if you decided to buy anything. I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll buy a bottle too. But none of what they had really it didn't tickle ignited any anything in, in yeah. either yeah. of you. So we left with just the uh, the finely just crafted the glass from yeah, the. Yes. It's a nice yes. glass. Mm-hmm. The uh, here's well, the here's the rub. You yeah. want me to do it? You want you, you want to do it? No, please, you go ahead. This past weekend, actually Saturday. David, Jason, and myself met up. We had we, we had a nice gathering in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, more or less in all of our backyards. It was less in David's backyard and more in Jason and in my backyard. Sure. Um, so uh, we made the 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 jump to to Stroudsburg to specifically visit the Frank Frazetta Museum. And more on that, I'm sure later or. After this, but while we were there, we hit, I guess you can call it downtown Stroudsburg, Main Street yeah, in Main Stroudsburg. Street, yeah. And um, we had lunch at a wonderful Irish pub, the name of which escapes me. What, what was the name of it? Uh, Siam. I'm probably yeah. saying it wrong, but. Right. Uh, 
dinner, uh, food was great. The libations were awesome. But then we went right down the street. We actually could walk there. We walked okay. down to the Renegade Winery, and we did. We recorded a, a Patreon video. The second of which, after Twice. I screwed up because <laughs> <laughs> I had it on camera instead of video, uh, and then we in, engaged in their taste testing package, which is very affordable. You, you, it is. Yeah, you had the opportunity to taste five different wines, all made of our choice as well. We got right. to choose from the list. Yeah, we chose five different wines, and we didn't know this at the time. Um, it was only five dollars. But the beautiful glass that uh, Renegade uses for all of its, its, its wines, you got to take one of those home. So we got three glasses, 15 tastes of wine for a lousy 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a bargain. I mean, yeah. if you're not inclined, uh, mm-hmm. if you're not a heavy drinker or a moderate drinker, you could get a quick buzz and a glass for five bucks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but and as you were saying, the the unfortunate part is although we had a grand time, the wine wasn't quite good enough to end up coming home with bottles. It was okay. But you're well, right. It wasn't eyebrow lifting. And the prices were a bit varied. Too. Yeah, the, if, right, exactly. They, the, if, the, the the best one was what like $18. Not not the most but I'm saying the one that we liked the best was like right. $18 a bottle and yeah. and not, you know, no fronting but but for eighteen bucks a bottle, you can get some exceptional wines. Comparatively, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and Jason, while we were there, Jason pulls out a little bag and he says, "I got gifts for my buddies." And that's when he gifted us with the uh, the Lego minifigs. I got a ton of Masters he of the did. Universe figures. Yes, um, my favorite of which is Trapjaw, followed nice by Skeletor. Yeah, Evil Lynn's real cool. They're, they're all very nice. I have them here lined up on my, my desktop. I got a pinhead and a Godzilla. Oh. <laughs> uh, David got a Xenomorph. What else did you get? Uh, Predator. Mm, the a mask. mask and a Voltron. Yes. And, <gasps> uh, and Jason was also kind enough to surprise me with one for my wife, and that was a Poison Ivy, which I put together mm-hmm. as soon as I got home and, and uh, handed off to her. And, and it's because it, and it, it's one of the not all Lego figures, uh, faces do this, but this had she was scowling on one side and smiling on the other. So I asked her oh, which yeah. one she wanted, and she says, I, I want to see you smiling. So that's what she's got. And then a nice little hair flip it's got, but it's it's adorable. But yeah, no, the other ones are, are fantastic, and, and the um. Like Jason said, I don't know who else, aside from me, would want one of the mask, uh, but I have it, and I love it. Thanks, mm-hmm. Well, you want to hear something weird? The Manny Faces minifig only has mm-hmm. one face. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the, the opportunity is there, but they, they just yes. didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I I can't, as you, as you mentioned earlier, I, I can't front these are... If people are wondering where we're where we're getting these characters, they're they're knockoffs. I mean, they are they're there's either one or many factories in China that are making incredible minifigures now that are one hundred percent compatible uh, and well constructed, just like real Lego minifigures. But they're with characters that uh, Lego hasn't made yet. And um, I guess some people might feel some kind of way about us supporting that endeavor, but uh, I can't front. I think they're just too cool to to not 
not buy. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I justify it, and it's probably a justification. In my house, and you guys have been to my house, we probably own... I'd, I'd say we probably own $25,000 worth of Legos. <laughs> I mean, because we've, we've been buying pretty much every set that comes out from Star Wars and the Marvel stuff and a bunch of the other uh, lines for a decade now. Right, that's like made the main gift my kids have wanted almost their entire lives. So my point is, we've bought a ton, like pretty much the entire Lego catalog for the last decade. So if I want to augment that with a few little figures to sit on my desk, I'm I'm justifying it. No, you you owned up. I mean, that's far more than that's about ten or fifteen households expenditure on Legos. So yeah, I, I think I don't think you have anything to worry about. Cool. At yeah, least, I mean, at least not until we start talking about the book of the month. Then, yeah, well, then maybe. <laughs> at least I know I'm in good company there. That's right. Okay, that that matters. Um, so let's do it. Let's talk about our book of the month, which was pulled from a list of DAP. If you'd like to read the list. Oh, you should give me a heads up. Oh, uh, yes, I will read the list. Hold on, hold on, it's coming. Um, talk amongst yourselves. We have, um, as the guys are preparing to give me their suggestions for the March book of the month. Um, <laughs> he's so salty. Who? Jason. You can, you can hear it in his whistle. That takes some doing to get saltiness across. <laughs> Damn, the whistle. salty in the whistle. <laughs> All minor notes uh, and shit. This is joyous. This 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 site should take longer. February's book of the month. Your options, your suggestions, your choices. Your nominees included Bean World, Volume Four, Hoka Hoka Burble Burble, Catwoman, Selena's Big Store, Score, sorry, Classic G.I. Joe Volume One, The Complete DR and Quinch, DuckTales, Treasure Trove, Electra Assassin which was close. Green Arrow, The Archer's Quest, which wasn't disappointing. House of M, The New Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, Preacher <laughs> 1, Gone to Texas, and the winner, Next Wave, Agents of Hate. Yes. So many great books to choose from, gone. and y'all went with Next Wave. I, yeah, seriously. Well, now, wait, why did you, you chuckle with the Judas Contract mention? Because that would have set you ablaze. If we did the Judas Contract, it would be the all dap, all the time episode. And that's the one I... In Jason's... Oh, really? Where we finish that? That's the one I want to hear. The all dap, all the time. That's funny. Well, you would, you know, seriously, you would go off on Judas Contract. I'm sure you guys would get something to say. Right. But we don't love... Well, I life. don't love Judas Contract. I, I See, so enjoy I'd be, it. I'd be in Jason's shoes... Um, the the month that Judas Contract wins. No, no, you wouldn't be because we both like Judas Contract. Yeah, you oh, love true. it. Yeah, there would still be. Okay, all right. Um, and and if Vince really wants all that all the time, I did record a short audio uh, on my drive home last night, and and I have to. Um, I didn't realize at the time when I mentioned it because I have two of the first issues of next wave. And I, 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 I claimed that one of them is not 
the director's cut, but it is in fact actually the director's cut. And I'm looking right at it. So um, that was something else for the patrons, just like the video we recorded at the Renegade Winery. Um, the patrons also got a little bit of uh, some audio last night, as well as, as we mentioned earlier, from earlier in the month, our previous picks, which we will again do in March once the boxes arrive. Tell you yes. what. And, go ahead. No, go ahead. I want it, you. Oh, I was going to say, uh, since this episode is brought to everyone by the patrons, why don't we do the uh, the fresh and clean patron shout-outs while we're uh, while we're at it? We've got three shout-outs. Sweet. This week. This afternoon. Yeah, exactly right. Mr. Don McMillan, who yes. was all, already a patron, but he, he very generously upped his patronage. Um, so shout out to Don McMillan, Mr. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, I hope I'm saying your name right. Waish, W A E S C H, Mr. Jeff Waish, who is a new pledger. Uh, and last, but certainly not least, we spoke of him, uh, this, uh, we were, we were regaling ourselves about last heroes in the art auction, Mr. Seneca Wilson. Wow. Yes. Much love to you, sir. Bought us beers in Charlotte, and now he's buying his patronage. Oh, that's nice. He's a good yep. man, too. For sure. So thank you so much to our three newest uh, uh, shout-out patrons, and of course, uh, many thanks to the rest of you badasses. And not to uh, jinx it, because we haven't talked about it in the last few months, because we, we had, a little, um, had a little shuffling of the patronage. A few people... Remain patrons, but they were at certain tiers and for various and sundry reasons went to a lower tier. Uh, we've been below that $1,500 threshold, which Vince gets uh, is all important for what reason? Because it allows us, it allows me to convince the guys to do six episodes a yes. month instead of five. So we are, uh, as we are recording this episode, we are... Two dollars. Yep, we are at fourteen ninety eight. So <laughs> you realize you we sound like PBS right now, right? <laughs> if you pledge, listen, it is the Patreon episode, uh, that, so I know. that's it, it's important to to acknowledge that uh, we are close to getting back to the uh, to the to the two or more episodes. Right. You will get a Fats Domino T shirt for everyone who pledges. So <laughs> do it, and and a VHS collection of the first season yes. of the series. Yes. An extra eight bucks to get you DVDs. VHS. <laughs> well, no, we're going to send you a video CD, a VCD. A VCD, yeah, yes. VCD. Perfect. Yep. Uh-huh. Player on most modern computing devices. I have, mm-hmm. I, I, I have a porn on VCD. It's insane. Yeah, I was. Uh, I have a lot of I'm Hong Kong movies on I, VCD. Is it unkempt? Oh my goodness. Uh, no, no. Really? All right, let's launch into this tirade. It is, yeah, the book of the month, Next Wave, let me get my hardcovers, Agents of Hate, written. Are you own the hardcovers? Yes, I do. And I, Why do you I, own the hardcovers? I have the hardcovers. I don't know what to tell you. Um, uh, but I do know what to tell our listeners, that both of which will be up, to gr- up for grabs at the end of this episode. So I'll trade them for anything. I'm missing. Put them, put them, put them in your uh, in your next. Uh, no, I was thinking packages. of doing that, but that looks like here. I'm giving you the stuff I don't want. 
that's not cool. Well, I mean, so if anybody but, you know wants yes, to but trade, just because you let it go to a good home, far more people love the series than dislike it. So I'm sure they'd enjoy to have it. All right, these will go in the the Patreon care packages unless someone messages me in 24 hours with something to trade. And uh, all right, written by Warren Ellis, <clears throat> Stuart Eminen did the visuals with the awesome Wade von Grabadger on inks. The uh, Dave McKaig, Maestro McKaig, is the colorist, and the omnipresent Chris Heliopoulos and uh, Joe Caramanga did the letterers. They are the letterers. They not did the letterers. Um, Jason, I will give you the honor. Why don't you summarize the premise of Next Wave Agents of Hate? Yeah, and and before I do, let me uh, let me ask because we always oh, we we've been doing this. What what? Uh, when was your first experience with this? Because, again, uh, a lot of times the books we've talked about I haven't read off the shelves and had read it subsequent. But in this case, I think it's just the opposite in that I read this uh, as it was coming out off the shelves. It sounds like you both started and didn't finish. Yeah. And then I reread it, like, what, two or three months ago and talked about it on the show. Um, so this was my third full reading of the work. So go ahead. Like I said, I bottomed out after issue four. Like, you mean when it was coming out? When it was coming out, but uh, for some reason, I had semi-fond remembrances of the Fin Fang Foom sequence. Mm-hmm. So when the first hardcover was solicited, I ordered it. Didn't read it when I received it, and I had ordered the second hardcover. So now, I mean, I have the two of them. I have the two hardcovers, mm-hmm. and only recently... As uh, i.e. for this episode, did I actually read past issue four? Right, David. Uh, like Vince, I didn't read it in its entirety when it came out. Um, I remember buying the issues, and it just sat. Um, and then I was even gifted the trade, and still didn't finish it. So the book of the month is the reason why I finally finished next wave. Okay, there you go. It's like the mirror image of, of a normal book of the month. Um, so the other thing um, uh, about this is that um, artistically it's interesting because Im- the imminent that people see right now doing comics, this isn't that imminent. This is a far more uh, cartoony line than what Stewart has become known for in more recent years. Um, and I have to admit, I don't remember reading much Eminent, at least not, at least they didn't associate with, with his name before this. So do you, do you, what was he doing before this? And, and did it look more like it looks now or did it no. look more like this? Yeah, this no, no, it, it, this was, this was a departure. Yeah, not so much because okay. I compared next wave with his ultimate fantastic four. He specifically <laughs> the annual, the first mm-hmm. annual, it looks a lot the style of line is a lot is very similar to the okay. next wave stuff. But if you look at his current work on Amazing, well, what, what a, forget it. It's like night and day. But see, this, the, yeah, the current stuff is reminds me of um, was a Secret Identity by Busiek. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. So it wasn't so. So when this isn't what I next wave isn't um, necessarily the imminent I, I prefer. But yes, like Vince said, you know, around this time is when he was kind of experimenting with this look. Um, and whether it was to make sure, you know, all 12 issues 
were hit, even though one of the issues there's a supporting cast of artists. Um, you know, maybe some of this, maybe there were some, I'll say shortcuts, uh, or just some changes to his style to make sure that he was able to get everything done in a timely fashion. So these issues could come out. And, and, um, if I remember correctly, there was some talk of Marvel not being able to afford Stewart for a project like this. So I think economics played a part in why the style is so stripped down as well. I mean, if you Google, I do remember in, that. Yeah, if you Google interviews around the time with Warren Ellis and, and Stewart, there was talk of this book being done not on the cheap, but it's a pared down uh, imminent in contrast with his normal approach. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Even a pared down Eminem is still wonderful. I, I love the art. Now, I love Eminem in his present form, too. I think he's one of the best out there. But I, I, I love this art. It's one of the main things that I remember enjoying so much about the book when I read it when it was coming off the shelf. So, um, so also, uh, I mean, we've kind of already uh, played our hand there in terms of our respective uh affinity for this book but but i will say all all uh all saltiness and joking aside i mean we've talked about this on the show before but i vehemently believe that 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 any kind of consumed media is is subject you know the enjoyment of it is subjective it's all but i've always but i've always said that more than anything comedy is subjective like i think there's it's easier to predict what someone will like in almost any other genre than comedy i think there's a far greater spectrum with the far like razor's edge go or no go between what people find funny and don't find funny you know what i mean like and, and so while it does b- upset me that you guys didn't care for it um i, I no I, I get it though because again i mean there's lots of stuff that i that each of us finds hilarious that doesn't fit the others like i bust on you i don't I don't find Adam Sandler movies funny at all. Like I don't laugh once, but you love them. And I like, do. I'm sure Dap, like I know, I mean, offhand, I can't think of something specific, but oh, well, like, I know like you, you find mall, like Paul Blart mall cop or whatever funny, like, and I don't find that funny. So like, it's, it's oh, similarly like Deadpool, right? I, I'm a, I'm uh, people think of me as the Deadpool guy, but as you guys know, I dislike more Deadpool comics than I like because each guy, each person that writes Deadpool writes it because it's a comedy as a comedy. And sometimes the comedy doesn't hit me at all. It falls totally flat, does absolutely nothing for me. And other times it strikes my funny bone. And so, like, I guess I sh- maybe I'm, what I'm saying is I shouldn't be totally surprised because it is pure comedy. And I will say to people that haven't read it yet, but listen to this and decide if they want to read it, just know, I mean, it is a pure comedy book and your mileage is going to vary. Right. In and, this case, for not- some reason, this book, for me, which is the complete opposite of you, for me, this was one of the few comics that a big two, the big two have put out that I found genuinely hilarious. I literally found the beats of every issue to be legitimately funny. Cool. Well, I guess we should um, couch this uh, talk in the fact that the book is not entirely set in the Marvel universe. It's not in continuity. It, it, there, there are rumblings that online, if you read different things, that maybe it is, maybe it isn't, because there are certain there are aspects of these characters that aren't played out anywhere else, mm-hmm. yeah. especially Devil Dinosaur. Um, but back to the comedy talk, there are, there's strata 
of of comedy like way 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 deep deep down below you got your Andy Kaufman where I could understand where it could be interpreted in many different ways like there are for every person that thought Andy Kaufman was a, a comedy genius there was probably a hundred that just didn't get it mm-hmm. because the 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 bits are so rarefied and so atypical that the perception of it being comedy may be lost on some people. And then you got your guys at the top, like Norm MacDonald, who can make anyone laugh just because he's so damn funny, but he's, he's more of a straightforward funny. <laughs> I, 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 I struggle with the word comedy as applied to this book because okay. I, I don't see putting a, a mindless one in a dress as funny. It it, it sounds like, to, like if you told me that before this, that you're going to see a mindless one in a, in a, in a, in a dress and there's mindless ones at skateboard. I, 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 I don't think it's funny. I, it sounds like something that, could be cooked up at a at a at a lunch table in high school like you know what let's do this it it just it it doesn't the the comedy should be genuinely it, it should be a, a reversal of what we know or or a different look at something that's already been established that makes us say wow you know that's clever that's that 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 really gets me like i understand that this is played for laughs and 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 this is why it's funny, but I, I'm not trying to be a dick. I don't find any of that in this book. It just seems like, what if, like Warren Ellis just just doing well? What if I I do a spin on the Dread Dormammu, but he likes the Suicide Club? Like, isn't that cool? It's not. It's not. It's not cool. It's not funny. It, it just to seems, you no. But it, it seems like the old Tom DeFalco thing. When when you had Peter Parker talking to somebody, or, or they, were, they were in in a battle, and they'd say, "Hey, what are you, uh, Joey Tribbiani or something? Are you one of the Backstreet Boys?" Like he would always take pop culture and insert it into the the narrative, and in, in, in order to be hip, where Ellis takes alt culture and and inserts it in in not not in a bid to be hip, but in a bid to be more worldly. Or, or experience, and I really think he is. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't see how name dropping a Russ Meyer movie by these broccoli men is funny. It's, it just looks like an opportunity for him to take a plug. Like, remember Lily Tomlin on Laughing when she played the operator and she would plug something in and blah blah blah. Like that's just what it feels like Ellis is doing here. He's taking uh, an alt or a cult thing and he's plugging it in just to appease a teeny teeny tiny portion of his audience that knows what he's doing i could guarantee that 90 percent of the marvel readers that read that panel where the the broccoli men were saying faster pussycat kill kill they had no idea what that meant but if if they continue their education Sure. Ellis yeah. pushes for whenever right. someone reads an Ellis book, they will seek that out. I, yeah, I, yeah, I get that, and it, and it, in a sense, and also he's doing them a the, favor. But 
And also those jokes, any individual joke doesn't make a work good or bad. No. Like the faster pussy get like sure I agree with you most people that read it didn't it didn't mean anything. But again, qualitatively this book is beloved by most. So like lots of people read it probably went over their head that one moment, but it didn't affect their enjoyment of the book or their dislike of the book. I think those references mean more to you than they do the average person. So they bother you more. Maybe, but th- th- people far more intelligent than myself. David Faust loves this book. Yes. And he does. Okay. It's uh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's just get into it. Maybe it's a maybe the fault is mine. I don't know, but let's get into it. Well, there's no fault. It's just it's comedy. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you just didn't find it funny. Like there are lots of things that you have raved about over the years, or but or I'm sure any people that we know that find and it just doesn't. It and I don't find it funny at all. Like it's just that's what I'm saying. Like I like it's not. There's no fault if you don't no. find it. Like my point is, it's you said it's played for laughs. It is a comedy book. So if you read it and didn't find any of the jokes funny, well, no wonder you didn't like it because he was trying to make you laugh. Like. That's what the book was designed to do. Right. So if it if it didn't make you laugh, then it was a failure creatively for you. I and and I guess I should approach it by saying, visually, I think it's it's wonderful. I have absolutely no comments other than accolades on the visuals. It just feels like we are. It, it feels like a string of non sectors. Um. There's no build up to the jokes. It's all punchline. And they're coming out of left field. It, it just feels like I was dropped into certain situations without any context at all. And it's. It, it just feels like I'm missing something from it. But let, let, let's set it up because the premise is cool. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, look, so Next Wave is the name of a team. Uh, and in this case, it is four characters that we, well, most people probably didn't know, but, but existing characters, uh, at the time. And then one, one, uh, new character. So you, you've got, you've got Tabitha, boom, boom, you know, mutant, you know, former fallen angel, former member of X-Force, all that good stuff. Uh, you've got Elsa Bloodstone, who we have, uh, most recently sung her praises in Monsters Unleashed, but an established character, her, she is the daughter of Ulysses Bloodstone. And I can't remember if this was before or after the, that hurt that mini with her in it came out. That was probably before it was Marvel Knights, right? So, um, mini so she was had already way before the mini was yeah, so way before that, that was back Marvel Knights time. Right. So yeah, um, you've got, you've got, uh, Aaron stack, AKA machine man. Um, uh, you've got Monica Rambeau, uh, former Avenger, um, former captain Marvel photon. She's got tons of, tons of nicknames. Uh, and then you've got the captain, not to be confused with the captain, aka uh, America, universe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they are a team, but newly formed, um, put together by uh, the uh, agency called Hate, which is, to Vince's point about it, not really being in continuity exactly. It's it's essentially a satirical version of Shield. Uh, run by the person I introduced myself as, Dirk Anger, which is obviously a play on Nick Fury. Um, and for reasons that that, that uh, we kind of just led into, uh, Tabitha came across the marketing plan for hate. And the marketing plan essentially talks about uh, their plans for world domination. And so essentially these five heroes 
which they thought were being brought on board to be a team of heroics, realize that they're being duped. And so they go rogue with the idea of, of, of dis, dismantling all of hate's plans. Right. Um, and, and that's the premise. So to try and, 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 and defeat the weapons of, of, of mass destruction with which hate has, uh, has, has or will unleash onto the earth. It's, a, it's a neat premise, yeah. yeah. But one would think that joining an organization with the acronym HATE, it's not going to end well. But well, it, it's, played it it's played for laughs. It's played for laughs, yeah. Um, and from the very first issue, you'll notice that all of the characters, save for Monica, are salty about something mm-hmm. it's just that we saw that in transmetropolitan where spider was a prick and he was always surly and and bitchy and and it spread over into into his filthy assistance but he had just cause because the smiler was an idiot and uh a dangerous idiot but it just seems like the characters in um next wave are just mean and 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 Salty, just for the sake of being mean and salty. Like, why is Tabitha pissed off? I never really saw her as being. I mean, she's a ditz, but yeah, I don't she's think more I of a valley girl. Ever, but... Yeah, I think if if she's pissed off, it's because people take um, keep her at a disadvantage. Just they don't. They, they don't. There's not a lot of respect there. There's not of. Um, there's they're not really there to build her esteem up. So right. Uh, I mean. Um, Bloodstone, we've come to accept. She's always, a yeah. Bit, that's that's a bit, her. Yeah, that's her character. But uh, we don't expect that from Monica. And there's a couple of scenes where Monica's just, you know, not her. I mean, she's not bubbly, but I mean, she's cordial and at least pleasant. Sometimes. I don't know. I mean, and, it, when and the times when she's not reminding you that she was on the Avengers or that she led the Avengers, uh, there well, are. That's a big deal. It. <laughs> Yes, yes, but, but she does it at every opportunity. Already know this. Yeah. I kind of think I would too. Sure, but that's—I mean—that that, again, that's the whole conceit. That's is that she does it all the time, and it gets annoying as fuck, right? To those uh, around her. Well, she's the character onto which I latched in this in this series. She is mm-hmm. the by far the most likable character. Um, she's very often the voice of reason. She's yeah, she's the leader, she, the default, mm-hmm. the de facto leader. Yeah, she has. By far, she has the most experience out of all of these characters. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I liked her and Tabitha the most. That's saying a lot, right? When you can latch on to Tabitha? Like, Boom Boom was always I, just a eye candy. Right. And she, to a degree, in, in Stewart's style that he decided to, to take on for this series, uh, she, she's, I, I, I enjoyed some of the some of the poses and and uh, renderings, but the, um, you know, there was the one issue where they tried to at least make you maybe not sympathetic, but at least kind of understand where the captain is coming from. Right. Um, he reminds me a lot of Manchester Black. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so the conceit of the captain, for those that he, he's he's basically a dude that was essentially uh, a, a British drunk that was um, they, they have kind of a you see the background stories uh, for each of these characters. And in this, he's essentially approached by two little uh, aliens. And it's it's a little bit of a play on the Green Lantern situation. They're they're 
they're on Earth looking to bestow their power onto a worthy human. And because they have no context of what humans are like, they come across this stumbling drunk and think that that's a worthy human and they give him the power. And then he proceeds to beat the shit out of him and uh, has this power. And uh, the, the joke is that his name is basically Captain Fucker because he's but it's uh, it's written as they don't ever put any curse words in it because it's a, you know, the Marvel book. And that's part of the joke. But but essentially he goes through how he called himself all these different things over tried to call himself all these different things over the years. Captain America, Captain Universe uh, and, and basically kept finding out that someone else already had the name. So now he's just Captain. Yeah. Actually, maybe he's not British. He's actually from Brooklyn. Sorry, he's from I was Brooklyn. Thinking of I, I, I guess I, I think of Manchester Black too. Yeah, he's 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 from Brooklyn. So I guess he does look British. British, though. I, yeah. I, I I was thinking Irish since he was drunk, but it's yeah. um. <laughs> he's from Brooklyn, so. And uh, the the hate organization is growing. Operatives, the uh, the characters that their minions are. What is it? At least three quarters plant. Yeah, yeah, and and they're pretty mindless. They just they'll, they'll do whatever they're directed to do. But uh, when doing so, they they tend to to dress and to utter things that would have you believe that they have a lot more pop culture experience than something that was just plucked from the ground. Maybe it's a hive mind. I don't know. Um, but and they they all have sort of Doctor Doomish. Uh, robotic features. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm um, in the first issue. Um, the the next wave goes up against one of the uh, original, one of the early original characters in the Marvel universe would be uh, Jack and Stan's Fing Fang Foom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said it fast, just so people don't know. I'm I'm not blaspheming. It's Fin Fang Foom. And um, he wants to put people in his pants. He's, we- he's wearing uh, boxers, and, and he wants to put things in his pants. Yes. And, and he's eating people and generally destroying the place. And Eminence, uh Foom is great. Yes. On a par with Ramita Jr.'s, I think. But the th- same but different, right? Mm-hmm. So, Jason, come on. Go on. Tell us. Well, yeah. So, I mean, th- this is probably an example, though, of where it either works for you or it doesn't, right? So, like, with Fin Fang Foom, when he's coming out of the Earth, and, and credit to Eminem because he does this thing where they're, they have this uh, drill, and it's drilling, and then all of a sudden there's a, a, a close-up of this gigantic lizard eye uh, under the surface, um, and then it breaks through. But, but when they're describing him... Um, they, they describe him by saying uh, mommy was a slut lizard that did the bad thing with suggestively shaped piles of nuclear waste and nine months later now that that made me laugh but I fit that may you might find that horribly corny I, it's again it's it's you know um, so um, and then he says uh, uh, he's been burning uh, with the need to mate since 1956 he has absolutely no genitals whatsoever can't imagine how annoyed that that he is, and I mean that just that cracked me up. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, why so does he, he want to put things in his pants. He has no genitals, but he wants to put things in his pants. Mm-hmm. See, it's just uh, okay. The, a large component of this series 
and one uh, something with which I'm I'm very familiar and I enjoy it very much is blasphemy. I love it when established tropes and or characters are blasphemed. That to me says the author or the creative team has the balls to be heedless of the reception of all of us dudes who have ingested this stuff for decades and he's messing with what we know that part of this works for me like you would think that the most distasteful aspect of this series was the devil dinosaur aspect right because i love devil dinosaur but i thought the fact that ellis was so totally oblivious to what the reader wanted or what the Marvel Universe reader wanted, the fact that he did that, that worked for me because it was like a big fuck you. And I enjoyed, like, I, come on, I love Frank Miller. I, I love the, 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 the middle finger to establish, you know, things. So yeah, that, another, another reason why I would have thought you really would have enjoyed this because I think that, that's one I'm, of the main points of the book. Right, that's what I'm saying. That aspect of this series I like that part of this series. Mm-hmm. I like that you have a a creative team that just don't care. The, I mean, when all is said and done, whether I like this book or not doesn't really matter. I respect the fact that it's just plain unbridled creativity. They don't care. So respect to that part of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they're 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 trying to defeat. Fin Fang Foom, but also we get the first glimpse of these minions who are also attacking them, so they kind of have to split up. Uh, Elsa and the captain take on the minions, and um, uh, or at least a, a portion of the uh, of the minions, and then we um, we get a bit of a flashback to when Monica was a kid, and uh, you know she's reminding him for what will be the first of, of a thousand times that she was the leader of the Avengers, and the Avengers don't kill. Um, cause, but then Elsa makes the point that, uh, cause when she basically does destroy a bunch of them, she sees that uh, the ones chests were open and they're, they're basically sentient plants. So then Monica's like, Oh, well, you know, have at it. Um, now the machine man is a character that, uh, I'm sure many people have had some experience with. Um, and he's definitely different in this than at any other point. He is in his more humanoid looking form. Um, He's got kind of like buggy circuitry eyes, but he's got normal looking skin. He's got hair um, and he's wearing a suit uh, or, you know, costume uh, instead of just like the classic Kirby purple and, you know, metal costume or metal body. Um, and he's played here very much like an android. I mean, he, he's, he's disdainful of human beings. He uh, he calls them fleshy things. Um, he's he's uh, he's very much distant. You know, unemo- he's played as an unemotional um, distant uh, character, which is not always how he's been played in the comics. He, he definitely had more of a, a, human, a human side, at least in his later appearances in the comics on the, the main continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as if you I may I think just is, interject, yeah. the Aaron Stack here mm-hmm. is more uh, is akin to the way he's portrayed in the Marvel Zombies universe. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, it also should be pointed out, by the way, that this was coming out in uh, 2008. Uh, I mean, 2006 and 2007, rather. And, um, and and really one of the things 
about this is is important is that this was Ellis wanting to do a, like a stupid send up of how serious he thought superhero comics had gotten. Um, we were right in the middle of 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 comics becoming superhero comics, and we're in the midst of civil war, and he wanted to poke fun at that. Uh, and, and that was really the whole point here of doing a comic that just made no apologies, had no, no, no hidden messages. No, you know, this wasn't a Morrison attempt at sort of giving you something within having something underneath it too. He just wanted to have big dumb fun and poke fun of how serious people were taking superhero comics at the time. Well, on that level, it works. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that was so, on the front. and, and that also, if, 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 if you don't have that as a backdrop or you're reading it in 2018 for the first time, um, it may read differently um, because you either have just become accustomed to superhero comics being serious or really maybe not in that moment right now. At least it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as though we were taking them so seriously. I mean, you know, civil war was a divisive time, right? I mean, God, you know, you guys had plenty <laughs> of discussion about it on bullpen bulletins. I mean, um, you know, uh, I think it was one of those series where a lot of people, thought they liked it as it was coming out, but it didn't age well. Right. Like the aftermath turned people off. Um, I think that's it, more to the point. Yeah. The aftermath killed. It. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so again, I, that's another one of the things I love about this. I love that Ellis was, a, he's, he's very aware of, of the industry and it wasn't just like, let me satire for satire. It was y'all are fucking so serious right now, including his buddies like Mark Miller. He was like, y'all got to relax relax my dude so that like this book to me is about telling people like just relax like these characters can be stupid and can just be what they are on the surface they don't have to there doesn't have to be anything more important than it just being what you see on the page it doesn't uh, take anything because even though she yes she led the avengers and she's she's reminding you that nothing changes in those old stern written issues of the avengers where she was in it that's it, it, all it's all still valid because people mm-hmm. do have different aspects of, of their personalities. It, it is the same character. There's nothing, there isn't anything in this book that makes me read this and think that that's not how this character would behave. That's not what they would say. That's not how they would not act. Even the I, last I, issue? Uh, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, and, and I will say, you know, just because it, it's, it's, I do not feel, Jason, I do not feel as strongly as Vince does. I do not hate this. Mm-hmm. I do I do like it. I do enjoy it. It's not, it is not Warren's worst Marvel work. That, <laughs> that, for me, that's still New Universal. It's, oh, it's, it. Thank God you didn't say this is worth New Universal. Jesus. No, it's, 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 I like this more than New Universal. Okay, right. good. Uh, Bring me up the ledge here. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not Warren's. Worst work's not his best. It's not his worst work, and I don't. I don't think it's it's Stewart's finest hour either. But that's because of the style he decided mm-hmm. to run with. It still it still tells the story. I feel yeah. the design of it, um, the panel layouts, the, the the scenes he he does draw when when he moves the. I I I love the look as far as telling the story. It's just some of the characters uh, because of what he's doing. Um, if he drew this the way he drew, he was he's drawing Amazing Spider Man. Gorgeous, but still, it still does what it needs to do. So, so no, I don't. I don't want you yeah. to think that we're we're ganging up. But it, no, it is still it is two against one on the other side. So yeah, we're 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 good. Um, 
so in the second issue, I mean, it picks up. It's continuing the fight with Fin Fang Foom. And again, your mileage may vary, but they they <laughs> I just love when the opening scene is Fin Fang Foom eating people, you know, devouring people across the city. And it says, why do giant monsters eat people? Human beings are mostly water. <laughs> their tissues and fluids retain flavors and other residues from their food. <laughs> their bones have a brittle quality. Their skin is warm and pliant. Thirst-quenching, well-seasoned, crunchy, and yet chewy, people are the Elvis of snack food. That I think that's see. I think that's great writing. I love that. That cracks me up. Like I was like, that's hysterical. Like no one ever asked why the monsters wanted to eat humans before. Like you, do we just take it for granted? Like oh, he's a giant monster. He's trying to trying to kill people. I love that that, that he makes the point of him saying like they're, we're fucking tasty. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> you are so fucking cute. <laughs> Um, so they do battle with Fin Fang Foom uh, through most of this issue frankly uh, it's them trying to take him down um, and then we uh, we get there's many interstitials of the leader of hate Dirk Anger um, and he is played as a suicidal he's a nihilistic suicidal woe is me version of Nick Fury um, and pretty much at every moment where he has to be the leader and make a call He's this close to killing himself in some different way. And again, maybe you hate that. I thought it it cracked me up. Like in this scene, the nurse is giving him an IV of essentially carrots. She's grinding up carrot juice and giving it to him intravenously. So he can like, like it's just dumb. It like, it makes no sense. I just think that's great. And like, he's all, I just think it's great. Like the, the, the things he says, just he's so, defeated like he's he hates his life and yet because he's lived off of the i mean in in warren ellis's version of the super serum he he can't really die he's just this old man that is a war veteran and he just doesn't know how to die but he really just wants to end it all because he thinks it's all it's all pointless there is a a large component of absurdity to this book um i would say that it's almost dada because there there are scenes where mechanisms couldn't possibly work. There, and the one I'm I'm really talking about is when anger is in. He's seated upon a giant six shooter, a Western style six shooter, mm-hmm. and the gun barrel is bent at a um, 180 degree angle. It, it loops back and faces him sitting atop the gun and he's he's got a, a mechanism that's attached to the lever of the gun it's a giant gun that he's trying to fire the shell into his his own face so it's absurd because if he did if even if he did manage to get that shell to go off it, it would never traverse the the arc in the barrel it, right, it, right. it just it's absurd it's dadaist but i'm, I'm glad i'm glad that you love it that you know that that's i like that page just because it's so stupid mm-hmm. so that's right, especially the last panel on the page where after you know he realizes he's 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 defeated he's just i'm so alone yeah exactly Exactly. Or like, so so when they're trying to figure out, like, they've tried everything to take down Fin Fang Foom through two issues. They just can't figure out how to do it. And so Monica says, uh, she throws out another idea. And then 
Elsa's like, is that what they taught you in the Avengers? That and beware of spooky chicks who think they've been made pregnant by robots? No. If, if, if you're not up on Marvel continuity, yeah. that line probably just seems like a random line. But we all know mm-hmm. she's fucking talking about the Scarlet Witch being a lunatic and doing Avengers disassembled because she fell in love with the Vision and thought she had kids. That's great. I think that's hysterical. And then it gets even better because then Machine Man's like, I could make you pregnant. <laughs> Meaning like, I, what machines can make you pregnant. And then she's like, not unless you could do it from over there, clanky. And he's like, I'm full of very useful devices. And then Monica Rambo's like, yes, you are. And he's like, no, you're a little too old for me. Like, I just think that's great. Like, I think they're just like, I, I love that they're just all just, 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 just chirping each other the whole time. It's just full of snark. Like, they all just get on each other's last nerve. And I think that's funny. Vince obviously hates it. <laughs> no, I, I should explain. It, it, snark is nothing new with, with no. Ellis. So, I mean, you, you expect it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this was expected. I expected mm-hmm. this kind of dialogue. I expected um, characters to to just vehemently dislike each other. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's mostly what this is. These characters don't like being around each other. Especially, you know, Tabitha doesn't like uh, the 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 males, and neither does Elsa. And, and Monica is just she's the the calm in the eye of the storm. But it just seems like the guys are trying to mack on the women. The women want nothing to do with the guys, and it's just it's 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 expected. If if I, God help me, if I were to write an acerbic, angst-ridden version of a Marvel team, I would do things like that. Maybe more creatively than mm-hmm. Warren does them, but well, here's the thing, and and I hear you. I'm not even going to argue your point, but I think maybe again the difference is just just how you see it, like. I think that's, I mean, Ellis wasn't trying to do anything. Uh, like, I think he was trying to just do, give you exactly what superhero comics always give you with his humor and just say, like, why so serious, bro? Like, that's really okay. all it was. Well, in right? that in that light, maybe I should read it again. Oh, no. You don't have to read it again. No, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I may have, have been a little too hard on it. I mean, no, there was dude, part of like me. It, like it. No, there was part of me that that remembered you enjoying it so much and and you know borderline loving it, where Ellis didn't perform as adequately as I thought he would based on your accolades for this book. Mm. So sure, maybe I was. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, maybe he fell he fell short, and yeah. and because of that, I thought you know fuck it. Uh, it's a chore. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and yeah, and, and, and just keeping with it, I mean, essentially they, they end up defeating Fin Fang Foom by throwing Machine Man into his stomach and he he pulls a um, Inspector Gadget, pulls out a million devices and essentially cuts Fin Fang Foom up from the inside and uh, literally cuts his heart out. Uh, and, and, and then they're on to the next, to the next weapon, which is... Uh, or the the next thing they have to defeat, which is which is issue three, um, and uh, I you know it's funny with the I guess with the collected editions it's such a common thing to put out six issues. I, I never understood why this was put up and put out in two volumes repeatedly because it's it's a twelve issue maxi series. It doesn't 
like the six issue break is there's no legi- there's no reason like there's no legitimate reason to stop at six issues. Right. It wasn't like there were two arcs here. Was it conceived as such a twelve issue? Pretty match? sure it was. Yeah, because I, I don't remember if it was it was considered an ongoing or not, and they just yeah, same. S- stopped it at twelve. But I mean, yeah. if, if this is all, considering Ellis is the writer for all twelve, I would mm-hmm. say that he had best case scenario written twelve issues. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure he and Stewart were signed on for twelve, right. and then as, as sales continued, I mean, the only thing is the there is there is somewhat of a um, I, I wouldn't read the sixth issue thinking that that was everyone that was the end of the story, even though it's it's based on the previous five issues. That last page on the sixth issue uh, does have some sense of of a smidgen of closure, but I wouldn't read this thinking, okay, you know, I think that that this is a six issue miniseries, you know, even though this particular storyline says, end at the end of the issue, uh, you know, everything is still going on. The next wave hasn't stopped, hasn't completed their mission. If you want to call it that. So, uh, yeah, it's odd that if possibly by the sixth issue, they still didn't think that it was, it was going to end uh, in another half dozen. But I, I, I see your point, Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then in the next uh, issue, we're introduced to a cop, an older, an older grizzled cop named Mangle who were let to make clear. He's, he's a week away from retirement and, it, and he goes on his beat and he's a dirty cop. He, um, he shakes down some drug dealers and beats him up for not giving him his cut. He uh, comes across a guy who was just mugged and takes him into the into the alley and takes his his money. He's just a, a total piece of shit, you know. And, and he he shake down shaking down some hookers and uh, at a brothel and and the the bouncer tries to take him out because they know he's about to retire and he 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 uh, he beats him to your death and, and gets his money basically and says you know I better own my fucking cut now. Um, you're just a piece of shit piece of shit cop. Um, and such a piece of shit that he he's walking through the alley after beating up the the hookers or, or shaking down the hookers, and he hears a meow, and his reaction isn't either to ignore it or to or to see what it is, but he's like he's like come here little guy, but I can sell you. So like what a sick fucker, right? Um, and he picks up what looks to be a, a little a little black cat, and then um, it's not a black cat. It is some kind of alien creature which looks remarkably like the demogorgon from Stranger Things. Yes, have. yes. Um, cause its face opens up and inside the face is this green brain with these pointy looking, ma- almost machine like needles, like three pronged needles. And it, uh, it bores into his, his chest and seemingly kills him. Um, then we get the scene of, uh, that Vince reference of, of Dirk Anger sitting on the giant revolver. That's <laughs> he's playing Russian roulette with this giant revolver. So <laughs> and and he, he wants nothing to do with being the leader, but they, they force him to. Then then we get the first glimpse of, of, of Tabitha uh, in her pure Valley Girl form. Um, and I must say, I think for me, Tabitha was the character I, I least cared about in this book. I, I, I didn't. Uh, um, she She's always been a backup character and even in her her main appearances. Um, and I don't think I don't think Warren did her. Any favor she she's played for laughs here, I guess, like they all are. But yeah, but, I think uh, Tabitha's she, peak was Inferno. Could be, yeah. yeah, yeah. But she's walking along the street, talking to her girlfriends about some such nonsense, and comes across the cop, and the cop uh, throws a car at her, so she knows something's up. 
she she's I mean she dismantles the car because she can blow things up, but she's like, oh, something something's amiss here, and um, and calls the team in. But as she's talking to them, uh, a bunch more of the uh, the human resources, which are the the minions, drop <laughs> down, so they know something's up, and uh, the rest of next wave come to help uh, do battle with the minions. And since they are plant now, they're basically just beating, they're just destroying these minions. They, they, it's just imminent having fun with, with different ways that they're, they can destroy these, these, these beings. And they're, meanwhile, the, the, the cop takes off running and they realize that this is the, uh, this is the, this is the thing that they're trying to track down that, that belongs to hate. And, um, and, and he is marching towards a school towards a, um, a like a public school and at this point, uh, is some he's growing. So he's 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 now twelve feet tall. Um, something's you know gone crazy. She she Elsa takes him out with uh, with her her vehicle. She plows her vehicle into him, and it blows up. And uh, he's he comes out of the the wreckage even larger and looking like a half robot, half human. And that's how that issue ends. So it's like okay, this guy's clearly. Clearly going to be harder to take down uh, than they thought, and then again, where we get to another point where I'm just just baffled that Vince didn't like it. The the guy is basically the thing that in, in, was ingested in his chest was essentially a living biological weapon that converts a biological organism into a killing machine. And so, as they're fighting him, he continues to grow and evolve and morph until he essentially grows into a giant mech, <laughs> like a giant. <laughs> Like building sized blue and yellow, straight out of Japanese culture mech. It's a Gundam. Yeah, it's a Gundam. Imminent definitely referenced a Gundam for this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could tell when the 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 cop turns around and you see the the back end of the the robot that is straight Gundam. Even mm-hmm. even the 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 leg and the calf covers. It's it's a Gundam. Yeah. But and he and he, even, guess, he, open, he opens up his chest and pulls out his weapon, which is in this case is his, a giant version of his service revolver, and um, uh, he sh- he shoots the captain. He puts his giant. I mean, it's a, it's the size of a building practically. And he puts the gun down on the captain and fires into the ground, and so he essentially the bullet, this gigantic bullet, drives the captain way down into the sewers, um, d- basically disabling him from the battle. Um, I didn't say and, I dislike this issue. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. And so, so they have to figure out how to to take him down. Um, uh, different. There's a lot of, uh, we, we also get the, the, we get the captain's, um, background story, origin story, which we already talked about that kind of play off the green lantern. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out how to, how to take him down. Um, I think you forgot one very important aspect of the Gundam. It has a metal mustache. <laughs> yeah, like a police officer, it has. Well, yeah, it's a, there's, it's a, there's it's a, a Gundam big, version of the guy of the cop. Right, there's a big plate on its right under its nose mm-hmm. that is a metal mustache. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're trying to figure out how to beat him, and they they basically um, they 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 you know use a they. Act, Machine Man uses his his capabilities to essentially look at uh, like do an X ray and sees that the 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 essentially the mech has been has grown around the actual cop like the body of the, of the cop so he's kind of inside of it 
still as still as an organic being. And so they go right for that. They blow up the, the, the mech leaving the cop to fall to the ground. And, um, and he, 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 Inside him, in hollowed out in like a metallic sort of carapace, is the the, the little cat creature, and uh, it crawls out of, uh, of of the cop's body. And Tabitha proceeds to uh, say, "Oh, you're so cute, die anyway," and then blows it up. Uh, and then the the cop somehow now how the cop's still alive with a giant metal hole in his body. I'm I'm not sure. Um, that is a little weird, but he is he is ends up still being alive, but because. Uh, because he's a cop, he's like, wait, I'm a cop. Um, now, they obviously don't know he was a bad cop or a tough cop. But um, Boom Boom was like, wait, you're a cop. And she starts beating the shit out of him because she hates cops. And then Machine Man comes over and he's like, oh, it's a cop. And he's like, cops are the most annoying, fleshy ones of them all. And starts beating. So they're beating the shit out of a cop. And I guess that the joke there is, oh, haha, you know, cops suck. Let's beat him up because they don't know he's a bad cop. Um, and they basically get stopped by Monica and the captain. And Elsa, like, come on, we got to we got to go. And um, and all of the people that the cop had been fucking with in the beginning, the hookers, the bouncer, the all you know, all the people that he was shaking down, were like, oh, we've got him, we'll take care of him, you know. And, and they're obviously left to their to their devices. And uh, one would presume the cop gets his his just desserts because as they're walking away at the end of the Jumanic says, "Did you hear gunshots?" So you know, presumably they they killed Captain's the face is the best in that panel. Real <laughs> 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 goofy. Yes. Um, so now that's two. That's two creatures down. Um, issue five is um, <laughs> is uh, Dirk Anger again. We start with Dirk Anger, and uh, he is uh, puking his guts up. Uh, basically, he's, he's praying to the porcelain god for two pages while his uh, Maria Hill counterpart is, is trying to uh, talk to him about uh, about the mission. Um, and uh, the this is where we find out what's going on in terms of of the uh, the creatures or the where they're growing the the plant creatures. The uh, the next wave go to a farm, and it looks just like bushels and bushels of giant sprigs of broccoli. But it's clear that these are the uh, the the entities that will become the um, the minions. And so they're like, oh, well, let's burn this shit down. You know, like, so they burn the shit down. And then probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire series is, um, is they're, they're talking about, uh, like, whether or not it's okay to destroy these things because are they sentient or not? And, uh, and Machine Man is like, he's yelling at them. He's like, I'm a, I'm a unique robot intellect. And then Monica's like, you're fucked. I mean, you're now she doesn't say fuck, but she's like, you're fucked. I mean, you're the most fucked robot I've ever heard of. And then, and then captain's like, Aaron, man, I'm sorry, but you are a bit fucked. And then he's like, listen, I was taken to space by the celestials because I'm so fucking great. Space gods, interstellar travel, everything. And then captain's like, well, then why'd you come back? And then they flash to the scene of all of the celestials standing before Trask and Machine Man is like looking up at them, they're surrounding him almost like a tribunal. And they're like, Aaron Stack, you who are called Machine Man, you have traveled with us for 360 cycles by your reckoning of time. There is now something we have to tell you. You are totally fucked. Like, and I just think that's hysterical. Like, they want nothing to do with him. He's like, wait, what? And to Eminent's credit, they back in the flashback, he's drawn like the, the Kirby version. And he's like, no, really, you're fucked. 
We've taken a year of you. We're talking. We've taken you. We're taking you back to that orbiting trash can you call a planet and dumping you there. You're turning away from us. We are speaking to you, and you're turning away from us. This is exactly the kind of fuck we were talking about here. And that it's just great. And then he's like, and then one of the sons gives him the big L loser sign and said, "See what we mean? Complete and utter fuck." <laughs> like it's now. Well, right before that is uh, the, the panel you you glossed over is that that even yeah, a robot, robot can cry, cry which yeah, is yeah. homage to to the visions. Even an Android. Yes. yes. God, that was the most painful two pages in the entire thing. <laughs> so funny. That's my fa- that's one of my favorite scenes. One of my favorite scenes. I love the Celestial telling what a fuck up he is. That's great. Oh shit. So there you go. There's a pivot point. Those pages bothered you to no end. I thought they were some of the most the the, the best best illustrations of the of the of the book. It's absurd. <laughs> it is absurd, exactly. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Why would the Celestials care about him or have any kind of emotion? Of, How would the, of, the Celestials even know to make the loser sign? Like it's exactly, just like, like, just like the Skywalker blush, brushing dust off his shoulder. Yeah, Ruth, good call there, Dap. <laughs> good call there, my. I friend. think brushing dirt off your shoulder is more universal than making an L with your index finger and thumb over your forehead. Like that just doesn't make any sense. And why and celestials are usually mum. Do they detest X fifty one to the point where they have yes, to say you're, exactly. you're complete shit? They're so mum that they felt compelled to actually break their silence and tell him what a fuck up he was. That's how bad he is. It's not funny. It's so bad. funny. It's not hysterical. <laughs> so anyway, back at the broccoli farm, uh the uh hate have caught up to uh to our our, our heroes and unleash uh killer koala bears. The cuddly bears of death. The drop bears. Yep. The drop bears. Yes. And uh, they 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 rain hellfire on them, and uh, the bears are hardly a match for for next wave. Much to Dirk Anger's chagrin. So then he releases uh, his uh, combat pterodactyl suits, which are uh, human soldiers in in these uh, horrible yellow yellow pterodactyl looking flying costumes, um, and we get another example of of of. L- poking fun where Monica's like oh god now what we didn't have to deal with this kind of thing when I was with the Avengers and then they get a flashback to when she was with the Avengers and she is uh you've got you've got Tony Stark in his classic armor you've got Steve in his classic cap you've got Thor so you've got the Trinity and then you've got Monica as Captain Marvel and she's like it's the gamma activated bullmen from beyond the 19th perimeter and they're naked and then you got Cap saying cover your eyes go back to Avengers Mansion and make my dinner <laughs> so I, I love that. I love the idea that back then Steve being from the, would have just been totally sexist and been like, "Yeah, let's just go make my dinner." Shut the fuck up. He would never that. say that. Well, of course he wouldn't, because in an in, they don't play him as a comedic character in the normal comics. Of course not. Of course not. So they do battle to all of these things, and and once again, soundly defeat. The attempts at uh, at them, and then uh, they also then have to do battle with uh, some some samurai um, robots as well. And uh, Elsa and Tabitha take care of them. There is a uh, a cable joke, which I'm sure bothered Vince. Didn't, I'm assuming you didn't like the cable joke. I didn't think it was funny. No, <laughs> I didn't think you would. <laughs> it, it's you actual would. actually cable by way of Professor X. To me, my ex bait. Yes. Help me lift my gun. 
It's not funny. It's so stupid. It's the wine. It's not funny. It's the wine. It's not funny. You say it, it's so funny. Techno organic prolapse imminent. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Stop. I really do. Oh, anyway. Make it go away. Um, oh, it's great. <laughs> kill it with so, fire. So bad. Yes, fun. kill it with fire. I like that. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. boy. So in, in the sixth issue, um, more stuff happens. <laughs> well, they're doing battle with the samurais. Yes, they are. And and Dirk Anger, who is is on the precipice of sanity, at best, most times, completely surrenders. Complete meltdown, yeah. Yeah, just so he can retrieve his mother's dress because he's a mama's boy. And, and he gives it all up for a, 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 a swath of, of cloth. Correct. And, and uh, the last page of issue six, we see Anger alone, you know, with his mama's dress on. Saying, it's all right, mother. It's all right. Events, <laughs> the sixth issue has the best of both worlds because inside front cover is an ad for Click, starring Adam Sandler. Is it really? Oh, that, so, the, so you got some real comedy mixed in with the pseudo comedy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. And you Click. get to see Aaron Stack wearing a. Uh, a bro. Yes, a bro. Right, a large bro. A bro. Yep. <laughs> we're not done. But we're only halfway done. Finn. We're only halfway. I know, right? It's interminable. Now we have your doorman move knockoff. That's close to the low point for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we are, yeah, this is issue seven. Essentially, I guess the second, well, start of the second trade, if there is, if there's a point to breaking it up. Um, we are we one of the one of the um, leaders of of hate uh, calls forth um, using black magic summons the uh, <laughs> the dread Rorkanu, uh Lord of the Dank Dimension. <laughs> You're so uh, easily amused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. And, and he's like, and then the guy's like, listen, I represent the Beyond Corporation, which is the parent corporation of hate. And said, uh, uh, you know, you you can you control a, a, an unnatural natural resource, and we'd like to uh, to hire you. Basically, he wants to hire him because he can control the mindless ones. And uh, and uh, he's like, well, how much? What's it going to cost? And uh, <laughs> and this is where apparently Vince had issues because uh, because uh, our man uh, the Dormammu clone says, girls. Cash also works. The dude's like, um, I have a hundred on me. Yes, give me your hundred. Yes, I have a hundred of the Earth dollars. Hem, <laughs> this is acceptable to Dread Warkanu. Yes. And the girls, uh, I like those suicide girls. Suicide girls. Yes, on the website, the girls with the tattoos and piercings. I like those. No blondes. There's now, if that doesn't tell right you, there. if that doesn't show you how dated this yes. is, that right there is, is your is, is yes. your historical point. No, That's... I would agree. I am generally now. I would actually. I will give you this. I, I, I that was my least favorite part of the series because I, I, I don't. I am agreeing. I don't generally like when when comics put 
highly time sensitive pop culture references right. into a book. Right. And even because though, they don't they don't age well. Right. That's Ellis dropping a pin on the timeline. Now let's be now let's be fair, right? And I agree it doesn't age well, but at the time, especially in the context of this trying to be making fun of the superhero culture, let's also remember this is at the time when the Suicide Girls were attempting to attend Comic Cons. Yes. And event and did attend the first New York Comic Con, as we may recall. And then were banished thereafter. And yes. then they so so he was he was making a timely poke at the industry, but it doesn't age well because number one, I'm sure lots of people these don't even know what the Suicide Girls are. And I do think that no matter what kind of humor, if you have to explain the joke, it's not a funny joke. And so right. the fact that he says Suicide Girls and then explains who they are in the next panel didn't really work for me. So I will say that that one falls flat. Okay. I will give you that. And as someone who looks back at that era of. Um internet titillation very fondly. Mm -hmm. I I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed the Suicide Girls. Initially, what they brought to the table was far different than what everyone else was doing. So I enjoyed... You mean in terms of them being like sexy in like a different way and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they... Right. Um, Because it just encapsulated everything I love, like the punk and the angst Mm -hmm. and the, the, you know, the And and believe it or not, just to show you how much the world has changed in 10 years, back then... Those girls being tattooed was a thing. It was like the idea of of of, of, of widely accepted of, of tattooed girls being widely accepted as sexy was was not. It is pretty startling to think that was only ten eleven years ago when right. when like because that was unusual. I, I mean, I would say that that most people thought tattooed girls. I mean, even um, bluntly, even in porn, girls like if a girl had a tattoo, she could couldn't do porn. And I mean, there's not exactly a high bar of of credentials one needs to do porn. <laughs> um, so it is amazing that 10 years later, I mean, I would say tattooed girls are like pretty much the, the common thing, right? Yeah. I mean, right. Yep. So, yeah, so I'm with you. I mean that, that, but, but yeah, so essentially the, the beyond corp is trying to get, uh, trying to get the, uh, the mindless ones involved here. And, and this issue, there's a lot of back and forth dialogue between, between, uh, stack and, and the captain between, uh, Monica and, uh, and Elsa, um, uh, which you know we don't have to we don't have to delve into, but uh, but you've got then you've got our man Dirk Anger who's locked inside of a super vault and he is uh, <laughs> he's he's <laughs> uh, I just I love how nihilistic he is he's <laughs> he's in this thinking room not to be disturbed and they're like but you've been there three days yeah I've come to some very important decisions leave me alone. But, sir, we have a fix on the Shockwave Rider. That's the vehicle that the next wave um, travel in. He's like, I don't care. I am resigning from life. <laughs> just, he's, he just he wants to end it. I just love that so much. But he's, uh, he's, he's eating he, ice cream and he's yeah, he's dropping sorrows and ice cream pills in it. Yes, yes. Um, but then, uh, but then they 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 basically get him excited because they say that uh, that they have found. Uh, uh, next wave and that they can basically take them out. So he, he gets re-energized yet again to, uh, to, act, to go after them. And, um, can you read and, the last panel for me in that? Which one? Right before they go after next wave when he, when he, he throws the ice cream. Oh, he says, hot damn. Get me a case of vodka, eight loose women and a stomach pump stat. I'm gonna watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! So they uh, they Thank roll you. down to the town where there's a police barricade and the, the mindless ones are all attacking. And at this point, they are just straight up mindless ones, 
giant rock creatures with uh, with with cyclops like beams coming out of their eyes, and um, uh, you know, and they go to they go to take them on, and uh, they lay waste to them, essentially, or so they think. Um, it's pretty much the the issue is them just beating the shit out of the mindless ones. Um, and that's another problem I, I have with hmm? the series. I know it was played as the 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 uh, anti life equation of superhero comics, like, mm-hmm. but there's no sense of urgency at all. Y- you'd never get the sense that next wave are not going to triumph. There's there's no moments of um, dire consequences for the team. They just destroy everything in their path. I agree. And again, I guess this is how you interpret it. To me, I think, I mean, I thought that was kind of the point that Ellis is saying, like, you read superhero comics long enough and it's hard to get really invested in the consequences because, like, you know they're going to win because they're the heroes. And again, this is like, so we got to the point of civil war where they have to go up against each other and the consequences are like good, you know, the like political and, and like they're, what happened to fighting what fighting villains and defeating them like now now you're fighting each other over whether or not you should have your rights taken away is right by having to register who you are like so i took that again as a set as a bite at, at like listen i mean like like that's the point like we like you can only go so many cycles when we were all kids reading these comics and then moving on these things felt massively important but after 40 years is there ever a battle that we really think they're not going to make it out of right and even if a character dies, don't we all think isn't our first joke is like, oh, how long till they come back? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, now I will say that uh, the next issue, the mindless ones, that um, the next wave of them are kind of acting the fool. They're skateboarding. They're like doing like the I don't know what you call it, where they West Side Story. The yeah, they, exactly. Where they're where you're sort of snapping down low and like moving their feet. That didn't do much for me. I mean, I'm not like. I like I didn't I could care one way or the other, but where the issue does get me is we start getting some glimpses into first Elsa knows all about these and how to defeat them and they're like, Well, how do you know how are you so sure? And she's like, Well, I'm a monster hunter, I know. This is one thing I know, and we get flashbacks to uh to her as it, her childhood and she had a fucked up childhood. Yes, she did. Um like she's a, a school teenage school age girl and she's sitting at dinner and she's being quizzed by a robot caretaker and she gets it wrong and the robot caretaker presses a button, she's strapped into a chair, and then the, the robot caretaker basically turns to a, a, a torture, like a spiky torture chamber, and she's she's hate mother. And she's, she's an Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then we, we get a glimpse later of, of 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 Elsa as a baby, and her dad opening up a, a pit, and there's this awful looking creature in there, and he just throws baby Elsa down there, and he's like, good luck, make daddy proud. Like so, she's been basically being trained since she was a baby to fight monsters. And see um, that that scene is absurd because he still has the bloodstone. Yes. So she has no powers at all. Maybe some by genetics, but the thing that makes Elsa super strong is the bloodstone fragment. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't like he's throwing a, an unprotected baby. Into a pit yes. with a monster. It's well, she she she's got a rattle. It's no, it's a spoon. Yes, I, I'm sorry, it's a spoon. But it it's so in in this case, it's not so much that it's the bloodstone that's 
they, they still need talent. They still need skill. Yes, the Bloodstone keeps them strong and, mm-hmm. and not invulnerable, but they're not. Uh, they still need to know how to uh, disarm a monster. And yeah, and so, I mean, it's absurd from the very beginning. Absolutely, he's, he's throwing a baby down there. I mean, obviously, yes, a baby, yeah. a baby can't. And, 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 and Ulysses with, wouldn't with, do that. Well, again, this isn't our Ulysses, right? right? This is yeah. well, this is an exaggerated America, version of a don't cruel dinner either. But you know, yeah, um, it's just supposed to imply that obviously. Maybe she's... I'm just too literal. I don't know. Maybe if it's on the page, it happened. Damn it, real to me. <laughs> Fling a yes. baby. And uh, and so <laughs> um, then we get uh, we we get some more of a of our of our man our Dormammu knockoff. Who just keeps? I mean, the reason that the mindless ones—they just keep taking out mindless ones for two issues, and just a never-ending supply. Because in this uh, little building where they summoned him, the, the, he's 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 just he's got a portal open, so he's there's an endless supply of mindless ones from the dark dimension, the dank dimension. Um, so back to the hate headquarters, um, and they're trying to get uh, Anger's attention again, and this time he is. Um, Tying a noose around a a red uh, flashing um, distress light, getting ready to, to to hang himself, and they're like trying to get his attention again. And he's like, "I'm busy." And they said, "Well, the uh, the new Paramounts are ready." And he says, "Did you say new Paramounts?" And he gets all excited again, and he's like, "God loves me after all." Change course. He gets all engaged again as he's done many times before. Only this time, because he's hanged himself. He's he doesn't want to kill himself anymore, but the chair that he was standing on slips out from under him, and he hangs himself. Um, even though he didn't want to, so that's lesson be learned. Never never tie a noose around your neck unless you mean it. Uh, <laughs> um, and finally, the captain, oh captain, my captain, um, figures out that uh, none of this is going to end until he takes out uh, Mister. Mr. Fomamu uh, Rorkanu. Uh, in this case, no longer master of the of the dank dimension, but he's master of the dim dimensions now. And um, the captain beats the shit out of him, including dunking the dude's fiery hellfire head into a toilet, uh, and uh, and then destroying the toilet and just beating him to the to the dude head doesn't have a head anymore. Yes, he gives and, him a uh, swirly. He does give him a swirly, Vince. That's very true. Uh, and essentially, there ends that uh, that uh, threat. Causing Tabitha to puke. Yes, that's true. I'd forgotten that. <laughs> and this issue has an ad for the Gridiron Gang with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, that was. I don't, even, I don't remember that. Based on the Gridiron Gang story. Yep. Huh. What was that about? Wasn't that like the the longest yard? <laughs> no, that was the longest yard, starring uh, your boy, starring uh, yeah, the, the remake started. I'm saying the yeah. original with Burt Reynolds. Um, this, uh, let's Good see, movie. Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh, exhibit, Kevin Dunn, Leon oh, Rippey. Yeah. So yeah, it looks exhibit. like exhibit, exhibit, bro. That's, that's that's now you know you. What's an exhibit? He hangs out with the rapper that does. Yeah. He used to do "Pimp My Ride." Yo, dog! I heard you like 
So I got and also and also extreme home makeover. Oh yeah, dude, don't sleep on extreme home makeover. That was the shit. <laughs> oh, I love that show. My goodness, I love that show so much, dude. <laughs> Um, so the, in the, uh, in the, in this, in the next issue, we are given a, a Captain America origin flashback, but, um, as it turns out, uh, what we didn't realize is that the, the super serum right after Cap was turned into Captain America, he goes and takes a piss and, uh, and there were remnants of it in the urine and one of the scientists knew that. So he, uh, he he collects the urine and uh, squirrels off with it, and then just, and then the urine is taken by someone else, and that urine is used to create a uh, a group of of superheroed beings later on. And then we're introduced to some some characters. One dude who's a skinny sort of goofy dude who's super pissed about Hank Pym because he claims that he has a, a better scientific way to to change his size, but Pym fucked it all up for everybody because. Everyone ruled that uh, that size changing was super dangerous science after Pim fucked everything up. So he's salty as fuck. Um, and suddenly a gigantic floating rock base with an upside down castle appears. And in it we meet uh, the actual leader. So Dirk Anger was the head of, of Hate, but Hate was a subsidiary of the Beyond Corporation. And we meet uh, Mr. Sh... Pope Omerta, General Quiet, and um, Number None, who is the leader. And they are the core of SILENT, S-I-L-E-N-T, acronym, which is the the real power behind the Beyond Corporation. And they are so fed up with Next Wave that they are unleashing not one, not two, but three super teams against them. And then in the background, we see a... It's supposed to be a character who is hidden in shadow, and he's uh, talking about uh, his history and his powers and how important he is, and that he's arguably the most powerful, important human in history that nobody knows about. And if you have any experience with Marvel Age or anything, we all know, because they don't try and hide it, that it's actually four Bushman talking. And then we're introduced to the three teams that are going to do battle with our our uh, glorious heroes. We've got the uh, the surgery, Doctor Injectable, Doctor No Sexy, Doctor Meatball, and Doctor Headless. We've got uh, the Vestry, which is the Inquisitor, Father Pain, Red Rosary, Reverend Guilt, and Abyss Horror. Uh, and then we've got uh, Sun King, the Midnight Man, Polestar, <laughs> and slightly creepy police woman. <laughs> 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 who are the team known as the homosexuality. <laughs> now, dude, if you can't laugh, it's slightly creepy police woman <laughs> being implied as being part of the homosexuality. You have no soul. You have no soul. I guess I'm And then there. we meet then we meet a, a, a we meet a chubby kid with glowing green eyes who's in a prison cell and uh he's uh he was going to sniff fumes and it turns out that he he sniffed fumes at the, the gamma uh, bomb irradiated uh, uh, area where the Hulk was created. So he ingested gamma radiation and, uh, and then we're introduced to the four Bushman as the uh, leader of the new paramounts. 
So we've got the dude that can grow. We've got a Hulk-like creature called the Bulk. Um, we've got uh, a, a Captain America um, stand-in and then Fort Bushman. So it's actually four teams, my apologies, not three teams, that uh, they must do battle with. So big stakes, Vince. I know. Big stakes, dude. Edge of my seat. You think they're gonna make? You think they're gonna make it out of it? Most definitely. Yeah. Especially with uh, with with Elsa's flashy new European T-shirt. Yes, yes, she does have a uh, a new dope ass T-shirt. Um, so then we uh, we have uh, the crew doing battle with uh, the new Paramounts, and that goes through issue nine and into ten. Um, Basically, they, they dispatch with the uh, the vestry, which I'm not hating on that. That's uh, that's great. Tra- Machine Man's like, pray to your fl- pray to your fleshy god, pray as he as he totally destroys them. And then she's like, remember we don't uh, we Monica Rambo's like, remember we don't we don't kill. And he's like, uh, I'm not killing. I'm sending them to their fleshy heaven. <laughs> so I the, 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 the atheist in me finds that funny. Um, <laughs> um, then they dispatch with the with the uh, the surgery team, and uh, finally they got to deal with Forbushman. But Forbushman is no joke. Uh, then we get a strange, I think strange, flashback to uh, Monica Rambeau, um, where she's like a Cree warrior. And she was on her deathbed, and we get a, a look into uh, Machine Man as a uh, essentially working at a desk. Um, so it's a little bit of a, like a surreal look at all of their their histories. Um, yeah, and Eminem does it in a faux Gene Colan style. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then we've got like a Mignola style for Elsa Bloodstone. Um, you just get like alternative origins for all of them in yeah, their different styles. I thought that those little snippets were cool. Mm-hmm. And um, he takes out the four of them, everyone but Tabitha. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, Forbish Man is baffled that he didn't take down her too. He's like, what? Tabitha Smith? This is impossible. You have no special abilities capable of blocking my attack. And then she's like, I guess you're just not very much good with girls. And he's like, I am mighty with girls. They make the right noises and ruin my bed linen and everything. I now turn the full extent of my course and upon you, disgusting little girl. Um, and then he's like, no, I, and he just has no power over her. And um, so she, she takes him out. And, uh, and basically, um, once again, they have dispatched what should have been the, uh, the, the most difficult test put forth by the Young Corp. And finally, at the end of this issue, Monica's like, all right, that's, that's it. We're going to finish this. And um, now it's worth noting in issue 11, uh, the cover to issue 11 is, uh, is, is folks that were remembering Civil War. Civil War, every goddamn book that Marvel put out during that period was a Civil War tie-in. And they had horrible trade dress where half of the, half the issue was a graphic with the, um, Civil War on it, so you got the, like only half of an image in most of these covers, and so in this, um, it's the same thing, um, but it's a poke fun of. It's a Civil War question mark, and it says um, next wave agents of hate, not part of a Marvel comic event, and it's uh, it's next wave holding up 
protest signs. Uh, Monica's holding up a sign that says, we don't care. Uh, the captain and Boom Boomer are holding up a sign that says, please love us. And, uh, and then uh, Machine Man is holding up the best of the three that says, uh, Mark Miller licks goat. So, you know, clearly, again, Ellis poking fun at this homie and, and the, the fact that Marvel was so up its own ass with this event at the time. So they head off to what is essentially the Beyond Corpse helicarrier uh, to try and end this once and for all. And in what is definitely probably the most memorable thing. Well, before that, we, we are reintroduced to Agent, or I mean, to Dirk Anger, who is now a zombie because he hung himself, hanged himself. And uh, all he really wants now is brains because uh, the stuff that's in him is basically kept him alive as a zombie. Um, and our crew has to try and get through this voluminous helicarrier environment to get to the Beyond Corp leaders. And I think inarguably the visual triumph of the book is the next 12 pages, which are six two page splashes of the team going through all of the different uh, beyond corp defenses, which range, you know, or literally every kind of thing you can imagine. There are giant um, metallic golems. There are green fat bellied demons. There are um, purple gorillas, red Kirby esque battle robots with, with, with green panel eyes. Then there are um, dudes in wheelchairs with, with like spikes and whatnot, flying wheelchairs uh, that they fight. Then they are taking on um, Modox that um, Modox that uh, are Elvis impersonators. You've got uh, little cherubic uh, baby gladiators with uh, Iron Man masks. You've got Nightcrawler um, pirates and uh, you've got um, guy, uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat-looking dudes. And this is drawn very – I mean, to me, this is very evocative, and, and I, I, would, I wonder if Stuart ever acknowledges it, of, of the kind of things that Darrow draws. You know, these are the kind of things that, like, whenever you're at a con and you see Darrow's original art for sale, he has these kind of things where he's got, you know, some kind of group of fantastical creatures fighting um, – what's his name? Um his character, Shallow, Shallow yeah, Cowboy. Yeah, Shallow Cowboy. Um, so they they keep going. They then have to fight uh, um, a Brontosaurus that shoots Cyclops eye beams, a two headed samurai, um, white skinned uh, goblin creatures with top hats. Basically, anything that uh, that Imminent could dream up. Uh, and then in the sixth page, you've got. Uh, You've got biplanes with giant snakes flying them. You've got uh, a massive King Kong-sized gorilla that's dressed like Wolverine, and um, and then you've got little little uh, like ape Wolverines uh, fighting them. And then you've got a, a sentinel, a giant sentinel. You've got uh, uh, alien uh, creatures straight out of a, of a Kirby book of all different types. You've got white saber-toothed tigers with uh, space costumes and rocket packs on, and they're just laying waste through all of these things, trying desperately to get through the mission. Um, and that's pretty much the whole issue is all of those splash pages. And then they finally get through, and they're like, oh, thank God, it's finally gotten easier. And 
She-Man is impaled by uh, by the leader of the Beyond uh, Number None, and that's how the uh, the last issue. Uh, that's how the second to last issue ends. And then we get to the twelfth issue, which um, I was glad to hear Vincent didn't bother you all that much. I thought that might be one of the things that bothered you. Um, so they're 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 as with all good villains, you've got uh, you've got um, none kind of um, pontificating as to his motivations, but uh, Machine Man makes quick work of him, cuts his head off, and inside of of of, of none is is not what one would expect. Inside of none is it's it's a carapace, and inside of it is a baby Modok. A little baby Modok in little with little uh, pink and blue uh, body armor, and uh, they're like, really, a fucking baby Modok? And uh, and again, this is your mileage may vary, but they're like, how the hell did that happen? And she's like, oh yes, a Modok and a Modam made sweet monkey love by the light of a rack of World of Warcraft servers, and I was the result. And she's and Monica Rambo's flipping out. She's like. I've been put through all of this trouble all year by a baby Modok. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, basically the motivation was, was baby Modok who has a temper tantrum and uh, they're like, fuck this. So you think that uh, we figured out who was the, who was the, the, the reason behind all this. And in classic usual suspects, Kaiser Soze form, baby Modok is uh, making its escape and it looks like clearly there's actually a man behind the man. He's like, I tried to tell them, I tried. Now you have to show them. And you see the smoke and a gun come out of the smoke and say, idiot, I bet you told them this was all your idea. And uh, the gun kills baby Modok. And uh, out from the smoke in a Hugh Hefner smoking jacket, holding a glass of champagne in one hand and said gun in the other is none other than the devil dinosaur. Devil. How can you not love that? With an ascot. With a goddamn ascot. <laughs> He's like, you know who I am, of course. All you monkeys know me. Deep down in your thin little peanut-eating souls, I'm devil dinosaur. And yes, I am the intellect behind the Beyond Corporation and Silent. And then he goes on to explain why he's doing all this. And um, he says, look, I'm, I, he's older than everything. He's older than humanity, older than monkeys. He's basically one of the original you know, creatures of Earth. And uh, he's trying to go to a return of Jurassic values. And uh, he, he's, he's going off on them, explaining his motivations. And uh, basically, uh, <laughs> uh, um, Monica, Monica gets him to kind of snap. And he's... Uh, he kind of goes on tilt. He's like, you know, Tony's going to kill her. He's screaming. He's like, uh, he's like, I won't cry. She, cause she's like, you know, clearly you must, you must have been like, someone must have made fun of you at some point. Like you, you wouldn't be like this if you weren't hurt as a little kid. And he goes on tilt and he's like, you're not going to make me cry. Not anymore. I want to fucking cry for you. A little whore or a little cunt or whatever you want to put in the words is there. And, um, he finally breaks and he hands her a picture and it's a picture of, of, of devil dinosaur. And Vince, Moon boy, whom Moon boy, whom he ate. He ate Moon boy. He ate Moon this boy. Moon boy was fucking with him, and it gave him rectal discomfort, and <laughs> he was never the same. 
and he hates all monkeys, and that's why he's doing what he's doing. That's exactly right. Yeah. So they 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 do battle with him. He's saying, "Listen, I've tried. To, you can't kill me. There's nothing you could ever do to kill me. I've tried all these things, but uh, they push him out of the helicarrier. He falls many, 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 many thousands of feet, uh, and then they into a into a, a essentially a it's like a, a storage ball or what have you that was attached to it, and it rolls down, and uh, finally when it lands." Tabitha does her thing and blows it to smithereens. Right. And uh, then they're like, all right, well, we did it. We did what we were here for. What? Uh, what's next? And um, they're going to break up. But then Monica's like, well, wait a minute. We've got this giant floating, you know, metropolis with all kinds of technology and all kinds of supplies. And uh, we can do anything we want. So, it, you know, kind of hints that there could be more to come. Now, obviously, none, no, no, no more ever came of it. And uh, they're in. They're in ends. Uh, next wave agents of hate. There you go. No, I mean real talk. I mean, I, I you know, again, I totally get why it doesn't float your boat because because if it's it, it's it's just uh, for me the comedy struck. I I, I I like the vibe, but but I think that that uh, there are very tight wavelengths for comedy, and and you you know it may not may not work for you to to whatever extent it. it it, it matters. It, it is a beloved series. I mean, this is not a, this is a series that does often um, incite people to, uh, to gush over it. In fact, I did, I did throw out a little joke poll on Twitter. And, uh, it, but I mean, my point is not to say like, obviously everyone's got their own opinions. It doesn't matter, but, but it, I just wanted to see if it was a more divisive series than I had remembered. And I mean, it did seem like pretty much everyone loved the series. Like again, like meaning the majority. It was a well. My point being is that it was a well liked series, um, and it is well regarded. So yeah, I mean, but that doesn't mean just because a lot of people like it doesn't mean you have to. Really. It's very true. Yeah, but I think it's great, and I think for the time it was coming out, it was the perfect tonic to a period of time when comics kind of at least Marvel superhero comics stopped being fun. Um, wasn't the first time that happened. Probably won't be the last time, but for me, it was one of those times. And uh, I love that this was an irreverent, um, holding up the mirror to the face of everybody at the time and saying, "Like, why so serious, bro?" And that's really what this was about. Well, on that uh, level, it succeeds. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So there you have it. There is the book of the month. Look at that. We'll have one another... of these months. Someone's going to pick a book that we all love. One of these months. <laughs> <laughs> what is... well, I I mean, we had... make up the we make up the choices. So I guess. <laughs> I guess it's it's entirely planetary. Was when we all loved. True. Mm-hmm. We all we all liked Ronan. I mean, I don't know that we loved Ronan, but we all liked Ronan. Some of us loved Ronan. No, I know. I'm saying I, we didn't. There was no dissenting. Right. There was no dislike of Ronan. No. Um. Yeah. So I guess that's true. We have ups and downs. You did not like the Meta Barons. No, I, I intensely dislike that. Okay. See, yeah. and I didn't throw up a Twitter poll about freaking <laughs> Meta Barons. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been bothered by you doing that. I, I'm not bothered. I'm just yeah. perplexed. It's uh, perplexed. But this is fun, really? though. I I like it when we don't always see eye to eye. Hmm. But I'm guessing that mm. our, at least my and your travels, which I have seen on both 
of your lists on the Slack that you did read. I'm guessing that we will all see eye to eye on this. I'm hoping. Hope. Yes. I guess we'll find out. If if you didn't do the math, this is our Book of the Month Club uh, sponsored by our beautimous patrons. If you have any curiosity at all about what this whole Patreon thing is, uh, go to our Patron Central, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. That's one one, no apostrophe, o'clock comics.com. Um, no, no, you don't need to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you'll see what you can see. Uh, there's a little uh, caveat. You won't be able to see what we truly give to our patrons because you don't pledge. And there are certain sections that are only devoted to uh, certain pledge levels. So it may look barren to you, but there's a whole lot going on. Videos and audio and and comic book covers and and comments it, it it's a lot of fun uh, join us there if you will uh, we would really welcome and and be very thankful for your support because it gets it, it allows us to do more of this kind of stuff and if mm-hmm. i could do 6 to 8 episodes a month the the to joy now, jesus christ i'm just saying right. the the joy in my voice if will Vince be could do 6 to 8 solo episodes a month <laughs> i would the uh, the 12th issue had a uh, an ad for e-music featuring Moby. Wow. So if the puns don't date it, the ad sure is held there. Yeah, call me Ishmael. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Um, and while you're at it, why don't you give a look-see to our uh, usual sponsor, which is Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a mere pittance, a fraction, an infinitesimal part of the whole. Why would you go anywhere else? dcbservice.com. Here now is the part I've been looking forward to all freaking day <laughs> since I read this. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and, I, and I hope... I'm not going to go into what I was thinking of going into because that would be way too long. I'll save it for next episode. I implore you, I beseech thee to read a book that just came out today. Today. Written by our good buddy Jeff Lemire with art by Ivan Heiss. Did I get that right? I believe so. I believe it's Heiss. Embellished by Joe Prado. And color art by Marcello Melo. It is called The Terrifics, number one. And man, nothing instills me with more hope for the future than seeing a Legion and or Legion derivative character in a book. And this did just that. I'll set it up for you. Mr. Terrific lost, we're told a whole bunch of his tech to Simon Stagg during his time in the events of, of metal, which I'm not reading, so I can't comment on that. Um, and Simon Stagg uses this terrific tech and Metamorpho, where Simon Stagg is. Metamorpho's not really that far behind, right? Um, so there's ties to the Silver Age in this thing. Uh, Stagg breaches... The dark multiverse. But the lunkhead doesn't know how to control 
what he's doing, and the portal to the dark multiverse remains open. And Metamorphos, I'll screamo there. See, Jason, I, I took a nod from Warren Elvis. He, he's all screamo, and he turns into nth metal, which is the whole basis for this, the metal series, right? Um, Mr. Terrific summons Plastic Man, whom we last saw in egg form. And, and we're told that Plastic Man is the only one who can deal with this dark multiverse stuff. Maybe because he's crazy? I don't know. Um, but while they're attempting to deal with the situation, the portal closes and Metamorpho, Mr. Terrific, and Plastic Man are sucked into the dark multiverse where they encounter the giant, colossal remains of a dead Kirby-esque entity um, which is emitting a distress beacon oddly enough and Mr. Trivik's like I don't get it this place is barren there's no life here how can this be and they they in true Shatner form and and they 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 land on the the, the carcass of this giant dead cosmic being where they encounter a young lady, mm. a, a fetching young lady, one that can turn her corporeal form intangible because she's beset by these parasites that are crawling all over this dead thing and they can't get to her. Um, the young lass is from a planet called Bigstel, whom we know is the home planet of Tinyawazo, Phantom Girl from the Legion. But this is not Tinyawazo. This no. seems to be either a sister or a cousin or a distant relative. Her name is Linyawazo. So, therein lies the seed that has me so excited. They're not dispensing with the Legion history or, or connections in this new, whatever these new DC books are called, which... Other than that, I mean, yes, if you if you incite the Legion or even hint at the Legion, you've won my heart. But this book was great. It was loaded with dialogue. It, it felt Bronze Age to me. The action was fast and furious. The visuals by Heiss were amazing, especially the double-page splash of this dead thing floating in dark multiverse space or whatever passes for space in the dark multiverse. I thought it was fantastic, and it's only two ninety nine. It's crazy. Did you guys love it? I did. Yes, David. I. Yes, I did. What were you going to say? You said I, and then <sighs> you thought twice. No, no. Um, my notes are: love the look, love the team. Uh but it could have benefited in my mind with some extra pages. As soon as we get going, we get the big cliffhanger. And initially it doesn't start off slow, but there's, there's some building. And then we, we get the last of our foursome and it's a quick intro. And then the issue's over. And, mm -hmm. and it just, it, I, I wasn't, because I didn't have a physical copy in front of me, I didn't know 
I wasn't expecting the end to happen so quickly. And, and that's, that, that's, that's a complaint, but it's not a complaint against the, this, that, that's the package we got. So it's not like, you know, that's not a slight against, against Jeff or anybody else. I dug it a lot. I want more now. I just, the wind was, was, was knocked out of me a little bit. Hmm. But what a cliffhanger, though. I mean, I think we should spoil this. Because, uh, well, I mean, well, I, I think we already have. And, right. Um, I mean, yeah. there, was, there was not a small amount of controversy around this series because the, the origin of the Distress Beacon comes from none other than... And, and uh, you can... You can oh, I was going to say you can pause it now if you don't want to get spoiled. Oh, fast forward. My bad. Eh, it's all right. But but the 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 originator but is of, that really a spoiler? I mean, the the, no. the story was solicited as being those four characters, right? So it's oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, it's Tom oh, Strong. Well, no, but it's not. It, the four characters we knew who the four were. We didn't know this character on the last page was showing up until later on when the co-creator of the character found out they were using him in the book. But I'm going to get all Jason uh, on the listeners for just a, a second. When when they enter the dark multiverse, okay, so you're in what I'm assuming is the vacuum of space, and you have you have two characters that one more or less not human, but Mister Terrific is essentially human. So exposed to the 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 void of the dark multiverse, he's going he's not going to survive very long. So what? Plastic Man does is he makes himself into a, sh- a pseudo ship that's basically nothing but a floating head, and he takes them into his mouth. Mm-hmm. Take me, take him into your mouth, and and so the, it's funny. It's it's Silver Age. It's it's just enjoyable, and he's got the big tongue with the teeth. But I love this look of Plastic Man because what Heist does is he makes the glasses the the not the glasses but the. The, the Plastic Man eye set thing act like if it was his eyebrows. Like when, when Plastic Man gets all inquisitive, the glasses or the, the eyepiece actually descends like the eyebrow would mm-hmm. and one end raises. So it's, it's, it's an animated it's, facial it's, features. It's whereas just you know, like the shortcuts Amazing Spider-Man artists use. Yes, exactly. Right. And and it's a very heroic plas, but another thing that filled me with such joy was this plastic man is a smart ass. Mm-hmm. Because yes. um Mr. Terrific says, you know, there should be no life left uh in the multiverse. Plastic man, can can you bring us down? He's like, Oh, I don't know, Mr. Fairplay, am I going to turn into a giant egg again? And, you know, if, you know, for a few years, if I listen to you, like, it's a smart ass, very contra- conf- confrontational plastic man. This isn't the, the Hillary Barda era plastic man when, you know, it was just played for, for laughs. This is part cartoon character, part, he's very Bugs Bunny in this. It's almost like, it's, it's, it's like Jeff went back to, to the Jack Hole stuff. It, it, yeah. it, it, there's there, there's a lot of um, there's more eel here than than I think Plas that like like you said that 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 Barty gave us. Um, and I really enjoy I, Heiss's work. I really I, do. 
I like everyone on the team. I am. I don't know a ton about Mister Terrific, um, but I. I don't. Um, what you don't know a ton about Mister Terrific? Not this particular incarnation, no. Well, isn't it the same one that was in the JSA? Which is not a book that I read a whole lot of. Get really? That? Are you kidding yeah. me? You didn't oh, read John's kidding. JSA? No, no, dude, it's Holy almost shit. It's like perfect superhero team book. Yeah, that that is definitely one of my favorite all time superhero runs. Wow, yeah, you you best put that book that I asked you to put on the list then, because you should really read that. Mm. Yeah, it's really it's very good. I'm not, you know, I don't carry the Jeff Johns fan club card in my wallet, but. I I no, got to I, I got to play fair. <laughs> pun, inten- pun intended. Yeah. JSA is is pretty pretty much perfect super team. Yeah, game. I agree. Yeah. It's one of the things that that made me a full-on DC fan. Oh, we got to rectify this then. <laughs> Dap, I suggest you find an Ollie's in your area. I because don't think there is one. Our Ollie's is loaded with JSA trades for like 3.99. Well then, pick some up, and when I see you oh, guys good next idea. month, good idea. Good idea. Next I'll, month, I'll, so cute. What do you mean next month? We sh- <laughs> I thought we were meeting next week. Oh, oh, oh I really told Jason. I'm busy. Yeah, he's gonna yeah, cool. be reading rereading next wave. I might. I might. Without <laughs> the taint of your of your haterade. It's not. It's not a haterade. Oh my god! I I I admitted that it wasn't no, I totally I terrible. I appreciate that. Yeah, much like you didn't vibe on Gold Digger, but you didn't shit on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, I did. <laughs> um, yes, I, I I thought this was a great first issue. Yes. Um, I I do know Mister Terrific, and uh, although admittedly in recent years I haven't read much of him, um, but. So down with him for sure. Yeah, I haven't read a ton of Metamorpho, but I like the character for sure. Huge Tom Strong fan. Um, yep. Very little experience with Phantom Girl, but I am also pretty much for the entirety of the near decade we've been doing this show, I have clamored to become more of a Legion fan, but DC has put Legion on the back burner for a long time. So I'm down with that. And uh, I've always thought Plaz was cool. So, yeah, I think yeah. this is a groovy a groovy, a groovy start. But I have sure. a theory as to why that is. But I don't know if I should say it now. I'm, I sent it to you guys on the Slack. Should I, should I postulate just for the sake of our listeners? You should speak on it, I think. I, well, okay, for this episode, I read, in addition to the next wave, which I'll admittedly did not sit well with me. I read some new 52 green lantern core, specifically the alpha war stuff. Won't get into it. Maybe next week. I don't know. We'll see. And I loved it. And I'm thinking as I'm reading it, I'm going through it and I'm thinking this would make an excellent Legion story. And then I thought, well, why do I feel that way? Why does this, what, what about this story specifically smacks of the Legion? And it dawned on me, the the Green Lantern Corps, the, the whole Lantern 
mythology, albeit green or yellow or orange, whatever color it is, the lantern premise is essentially the same thing as the Legion premise. And modern or current comic book readers know, even if you don't read the books, you know that the Lantern franchise does very well for DC and has done very well since the days of, of Jeff Johns coming on the book. So I, I put two and two together. The reason why they can't make a Legion book stick is because we already have multiple Legion books with the Lantern stuff. Yes? I mean, it's essentially the same premise. Get a bunch of alien races together, united to fight or police the universe, and give them rings. It's the same thing. My, my, I, like the, I like the cut of your jib. My only pushback, and it's a soft pushback because I'm no, no grand DC historian, there have always been Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps books. Yes. At times when there were Legion books. So what, but, why is it different now? But at the height, and, and that's in quotes because the Legion was never a, a massive seller. At the height of the Legion's popularity, there was only one Green Lantern book. Right. And the, and the core were just in the background yes. at how would sometimes go and hang out with. Uh, it, was, it was a solo Green Lantern book. Until Crisis on Infinite Earths. After yep. Crisis on Infinite Earths, it became Green Lantern Corps with 201. And that was the remaining Green Lanterns on Earth. And after that series ended, uh, you had the various Green Lantern spinoffs. And then eventually they rebooted Green Lantern again. Uh, Hal with the Great Temples. Uh, with the Mark Bright artwork. And then Joe Staten drew the guy issues, and um, I'm sorry, Pat Broderick drew the hell. Uh, Mark Bright drew the John Stewart issues. Eventually, Mosaic spun out of that. Guy got his own book. Uh, they fucked up Hal and gave us Kyle, and then you ended up with um, with Kyle being the only Green Lantern. Uh, and then it wasn't until John's brought Hal back that a few years later we got a Green Lantern book and a Green Lantern core book where the core were the focus. So, so that's so, so yeah, no, for like, like I said, for decades, um, there was a Green Lantern book and then there was a Legion book. So, so the way it is now is definitely not the way it was when, um, when we were reading back then. Yeah. And, and now there's, well, there were four Legion or four Green Lantern books at one point. I mean, that's that's just crazy. There were, there and, were and new now Guardians. There's, there's Green Lanterns, and oh yeah, there was well, yeah, New Guardians. There was, but uh, the Larflees book. You've got yeah. uh, there was a Red Lanterns book. Yep. Yeah, there, there was a Green Lantern, and there was a Green Lantern core book. Right. So I mean, but but now there's now there's Green now there's Green Lantern and Lanterns. There's Hal Jordan and, and the Green Lantern Hal Corps, Jordan. right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think there's only there's only two books now, but still, right. it's a testament to what Johns did. Lo- love him or hate him, you gotta give the guy, you know, that that pat on the back for making the the whole Lantern m- mythology 
a major, major player at DC. I mean, there's a reason why when New 52 broke, the only continuities they kept were the Batman and the Green Lantern continuity because yeah. those books were going Sadly. gangbusters, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah, I'm going back and reading all the New 52 stuff that I didn't read. And mm-hmm. the the similarity between the Legion and the Green Lantern Corps is unmistakable. And I think that's why currently a, a, a Legion book can't seem to get a foothold in the marketplace is because it's with contemporary readers anyway. It's a it's a case of been there, done that. You know, and, and Lantern... I always thought, that, Ned, correct me, I always thought that the issue with Legion for a lot of people was that it was set in the future. Right. So it's always in its own continuity. It's it, you know it may not be an issue, but I think the one thing that is holding the Legion back, and and there's a the the Lantern Corps has a similar malaise, but with the Legion, it's the goofy code names. It you know like if you want to read a bo- a, a book about superheroes, this guy's called Starboy. You know, or, or Element mm-hmm. Lad, but but See, it, the lanterns just, have the similar did problem. Did they try and change that that one time though, and that fell flat with, yeah. with Legionnaires? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. But but yeah, like with live the wire, you the thing I thought I Legion for me the the high point was I think it went off the tracks, went off the rails. It as much as I love what John Byrne did for Superman. He destroyed the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, sure. Because by by removing Superboy, yep. All right, you yeah. you, you you removed the Legion's reason for existing. And you removed the, the link anchor. to the DC yeah. universe. Yeah. Exactly. Right, and, right. And, and, the, yeah, yeah. and ever since they've just been, even though fucking even though, Byrne, he's always ruining shit. Right. So I can't even have nice though he tried to he tried to tweak it so that you know it and and the, the time trap it, it it just but ever since then it's well no, it, right it, not ever since then abnett and lanning tried to fix it right with yeah. the legion right. he were though tried and it's so and, good and it's it's yes and and those are i i i know that those are solid stories but it's almost i don't know if that's just was enough that people are, are hesitant and, and I don't think it's necessarily so much about future stuff because we don't the characters a hundred years in the future don't have to talk about something that happened a hundred years ago on that day so mm-hmm. right. we can still move on and 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 take I, I thought the Wade kits and stuff and and they brought oh, Supergirl so there good. and I mean they've they it's Was that just the stuff with Supergirl in it yeah yes yeah. Yeah, I read yeah. a little of that yeah and I I don't know if they just if if it if it's a commitment issue or if it's just a sales issue or, but for whatever reason it, now the real it, conspiracy theorists would say it's because DC's powers that be have no interest in bigging up Levitz's most prized prized IP that could be very true I mean that is Levitz's crowning achievement yeah the Legion so I I mean I don't know it could be a akin to what the Fantastic Four is doing at at Marvel you know what I mean you have this you have gold that they're just reluctant to, to push for very personal and petty reasons. I, I don't know. But part of the thing I was going to say with the, the goofy code names in the Legion, you have these ponderous 
alien names in in the Green Lantern Corps, like you know, uh, Boudica and 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 Relock Hag, and the, the, they have names that don't sink easily into the mm-hmm. into the memory. So I mean, Omari. Yeah, there there are problems with both of these franchises, but they're minor. You know, I I, I just. I just want to see a, a regular Legion title. Just give us one, mm-hmm. please. And the, and and the terrific it, to bring it all back home is a step in the right direction. Although this but, is right, not Phantom and, Girl. No, it, it's not. It's, it's not the Phantom Girls, you know. But but we have now. Now there's a Phantom Girl. We know Saturn Girl is in Arkham. Right. So they yeah. they they are. There are things in place where it could all come together quite easily and uh, quickly. So, I don't well um yes I'd like to see it but I don't I don't want to rush something just to have it. So um But how long has Saturn Girl been in Arkham? I mean we're talking the beginning of it's Tom's three, Batman but run. it's it's but we you know we we probably have to get through the rest of Doomsday Clock which is now taken till what 2024. It it's so it's going to be a while before <laughs> we it, it, Things aren't moving as fast as we would like, and 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 you know if, if that means if that means Jeff, and 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 Ice and and Doc Shaner have to play with the Terrifics for a while before we get to the Legion, I'm I'm fine with that. And and it, wait, aside wait, wait, from wait. Like, back it up, back it up, Doc Shaner, what does he have to do with the Terrifics? I I believe he is coming on um, after. I mean this this first arc. Is a three-parter. Yeah. It's called Meet the Terrifics. I, I don't know if Doc's coming on with number four or if I. No because way. Because he's he 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 did some character designs. I I saw something today that said that someone someone posted that um they want they want this book to to do well because they want to see what 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 Doc Shaner has has Man. planned to do with so awesome. um you know it it's it this is. This is an absolute blasphemy. It, it it was added to to the pull list once I, I knew who the team was, and I saw that Jeff was writing it. I was it, it was fucking no brainer. So, um, yeah, I'm getting I'll be getting it. Issues too. Yeah, same here. By the uh, way, uh, it is a it's been official, I guess, since June, July of last year. Shaner's drawing the second arc. Okay, sweet. Uh, so if that's a rotating team, that, that that's hella cool. I doubt it, but I mean, I have no problem with that. Uh, the the only other. And and you mentioned it early on in your review, Vince. Is that um, there is there is somewhat of of a of a Dark Knight's metal connection, obviously. And and I was giddy when we saw the Plastic Man egg during the uh, everything leading up to metal. Uh, but it, it's it's been tough to follow metal since it started. So I haven't been. So you know, for those who have been enjoying metal, and and here's this sweet book as a payoff. Um, I'm just enjoying this book at the moment. I'm glad we got the footnotes letting you know, you know, if, if you really want to know what the hell people are talking about, you can read metal, but um, that's another, it's a just very, be aware of what you're going to see, but things are easy enough to follow. You, you right, get that, you know, the links are very tenuous. Up the bones of, of, of yeah, yeah, yeah. technology and, and yes, and plastic man was, was put into stasis by by Batman and and you know it, it's all there on the page. It's just mm-hmm. just be, be aware that there you're, you're going to get a couple of footnotes here and there. So yep, it's a winner. It's it's a it's a joke on a jack. 
Now, what uh, what about you, Boo? What should they uh, check out in their travels? Oh, he's Boo. Uh, in your travels. Um, I, you know what? I finally, um, I'll save that for next week because I don't think you guys have read it yet. Uh, I finished Punisher the Platoon and, and oh. I won't, uh, I won't belabor it. It's, it's a, um, it was, I kind of didn't want it to end. Um, I don't know if it's, it's weird on the, 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 if you want to call it the, the letters page of the, um, you know, of, of, of the last issue. Um, I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, Garth has said, I'm not finished with, with, with neither Frank nor the war he was born in. So, um, well, there obviously is, it, it would have been, it would have been touching and, and fitting almost in a, um, in a, in a, because this last page, um, because you never see Goodwin, you never see the interviewer talking to the, uh, to the platoon that's still around that, uh, that Frank was the Lieutenant of, um, uh, but they're all talking about um, where things kind of ended for each of them as far as the war, and and one of them is talking about being in the uh, being put in the chopper to um, to leave the base, and and he waves goodbye to Frank, and he's like, you know, I wasn't expecting him to wave back or anything, and I, I just figured, you know, he'll 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 walk away without a backward glance, but he just he just stood there, and 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 I watched as. All the same, I watched him for as long as I could, this little figure, not moving once. And then the Huey dipped, and we were gone. And that was the last I ever saw of him. And then the last page, it, it the last page moved me. And, and it's, it's it subtle. Feels. It gave me them feels. And, and it's, it's, it is so, as, as, uh, that's okay. Our another great book of the month that we all enjoyed was Fury, my work on by and oh, for sure. For and sure. So uh, as much as I enjoyed that and just like I said, as I was reading these as they were coming out, that this really isn't something that I can talk about issue by issue as, as a whole, it was, it, it's obviously shorter. It's, it's more of a, quick paced and, and the last two issues are um, continuing to the other, even though, I mean, it's, it's, it's one continuing story, but there was a cliffhanger and, and uh, the sixth issue is kind of a wrap up and, and it all works just like the 12th issue of, of the Fury book. But uh, I may just based on the last page, even I may give this the nod over the Fury book. Um, it's it. I'm, I'm not a big war dude. Um, but this, this, this last page is, is totally something else and, and not something I expected. And, and yeah, it, it gave me the feels cause it, it knocked me on my ass and, uh, in your travels now that it's finished, uh, check out Punisher of the platoon only six issues. Nice. <clears throat> 
Uh, in your travels, I also am going to sing a DC uh, a DC Comics book uh, praises, much like uh, Vince. I I talked um, positively about the first issue, and I am back to recommend the series after the second issue because I don't think it's getting the attention it deserves, and I'd like to see this book have a chance to uh, at least have a nice, healthy. Uh, decent size, decent length run. Uh, I am talking about The Silencer, um, which um, is the book written by Dan Abnett and drawn by John Romita Jr. Featuring, this is part of the New Age of Heroes, the uh, the new characters that DC is trying to um, get off the schneid. And uh, this is, uh, The Silencer is the codename for Honor Guest, who is a um, housewife at this point, but in the first issue, she is a very John Wick situation. She is uh, in deep retirement. She was Talia al Ghul's greatest assassin and um, had made a deal with her to get out of that life, to go and have a normal life, and was out, but unfortunately a schism within the organization that she used to be involved with has uh, led to everybody picking sides and Talia in the first issue goes to warn her. And uh, that in effect has the byproduct of drawing honor back into that life. And we are left off in the first issue of a number of the, uh, of the assassins showing up to take her out. And um, at, at the grocery parking lot at the grocery store with uh, her kid in the back of her, her car, they're attacking her and that's where this issue picks up. Um, so she's called the silencer. Uh, she does have, she's a meta. She has power. She can put a feel, a dampening field. Um, that she seems to have control over the size as well. Uh, and in within that field, it's completely soundless. So she, uh, you, you could understand how that would make uh, for a great power for an assassin to have because, um, she can basically control what uh, everybody hears both inside and outside of the field. Uh, so she's doing battle with a breacher, and Blood Vessel, and I presume they are existing, pre-existing DC C-list villains. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys know one way or the other. But uh, but either way, she's fighting two ne'er-do-well assassins and takes care of them. And she's doing it within the uh, the silent field, so her son doesn't, uh, her child doesn't doesn't hear what's going on right behind them. Um, and after she takes care of them, it's a whole mess. I mean, her car has been destroyed. Uh, there are two bloody, beaten and bloody and dead uh, assassins laying on the ground. So she she pulls um she pulls a John Wick. She calls for a cleanup crew, and the cleanup crew rolls in, and uh, she has an account. And uh, dude rolls up with a truck and takes care of all that business. And uh, he's like, I thought you were out of this life. But uh, basically, you know, within within minutes, the whole situation is cleaned up. Nobody knows what was going on. And it's even so bad as they bring her a matching um, version of the vehicle that she drove so she can go home without her husband or kid knowing any differently. So she goes back to that life. Her husband uh, is uh, totally turned on by her new hairdo. She had to cut her hair on the spot because um, her hair got all singed uh, when she blew up the dude. So she cuts her hair real short and her husband's like totally feeling it. And he's like dying to, to take her, take her to bed. Um, you know, meanwhile, she's just sitting here thinking like, I'm, I'm going to, I got a situation here. I got to get out of. So 
next morning takes the, uh, you know, make sure the kiddo gets off to school to daycare. Husband kisses her goodbye, goes off to work, and she has basically the school day to 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 take care of business and uh, and try and so she sets up a meeting with the with the Talia's replacement uh, within the um the League of Assassins, and they agree to meet on neutral ground at a place called Mall Mart. Mall meaning M A U L. <laughs> so it's essentially it's a it's a shopping center where people go to uh, gear up. So it's like the hotel in John Wick. It's 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 a, it's a place where it's supposed to be sacred. Nobody messes with each other. And uh, let's just say that there are new rules. And uh, while she maybe was abiding by them, the person she's meeting does not. And I just this is really DC's. It's a fe- it's a it's a black female version of John Wick and. I think this is inspired Romita. You know, sometimes we've talked about Romita can can somewhat seem rushed or or out of his element. This is definitely a series he's vibing with. The pages are packed with detail. Uh, every every panel is crisp and clean. So, um, and and when when he's on, I think he's still one of the best. I just don't know that he's on as consistently as I'd like in recent years. So I'm totally feeling this. I, it's been two issues. I'm already loving the character. I, I, I totally buy that she's a uh, conflicted, and, and uh, it's uh, it's it's dope. It's dope. She she's a, she's kick ass, and uh, the way she takes out the uh, people coming for her is awesome. I mean, she's 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 shooting people's ankles out. She's you know it's it's great. It's great stuff. So I highly recommend you pick this up and give it a try. It's uh it's called The Silencer. John Romita and Dan Abnett are the storytellers. Sandra Hope on uh, inks, Dean White on colors. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's off to a rock and start. Yeah, I agree. I'm liking it a lot. Nice. Yeah, I haven't read yeah. the second issue yet. The first one wasn't bad at all. Nice. Hey, Dap. David. Speaking of Goran Parlov. Yeah. Did you know that he has a story in Spectacular Spider-Man 300? I did not. It's a black cat story. Yeah. That kind of does a piss take on what Tom King recently did in Batman. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the inverse, but it's played for subterfuge and laughs. Um, it's it's Goran Parlov's black cat is damn sexy. Nice. Yeah. Who wrote it? Chip Zdarsky. That's uh, so mm. what you're going to say. Oh, just give it a shot. Give it a try. <sighs> now, I haven't read the new Spectacular. Is it basically the Spider-Man team-up book? Mm, I don't think so. Because Ironheart is in this with Spidey. I'm not reading it, so I can't speak. I need- Dr. Doom's in it, too. Cool. Yeah. He's just there everywhere. Right, I haven't. Um, I read Marvel Two and One Number Three yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's almost a pass. I know. What, what do you? What do you? Uh, what do you guys make of? Um, I, don't, I mean, we really didn't. We've been getting more announcements of of the new Marvel reboot, and um, it, was it called Fresh Start? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it? yeah. It, it's. I'm excited by most of the announcements. Me too. So I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna, just gonna treat it like that. I mean, I think you could be skeptical or 
cast a side eye about another reboot because we just got a reboot, right? I mean, the legacy lasted, what, six months? But I kind of get this feeling that I don't know if it was always planned this way, but I guess maybe we should have assumed that once they got a new EIC, all bets were off, right? Right. But didn't you see the interview with C.B. Sabolsky where he was like, you no. know, I, I know I'm supposed to say this, but I haven't seen this level of enthusiasm in the Marvel bullpen, whatever you want to call it, for quite a while. He's like, everybody's energized, everybody's excited. Um, I can't tell you in recent memory when I read, uh, you know, a Marvel status quo change where I was like, yeah, I'm in for that. And I've said it three times mm-hmm. since they started this. I'm in for the Avengers with uh, oh, for sure. McGinnis and uh, Jason Aaron, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in for the Thor with uh, Aaron. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, and um, what was the other one? I don't know. But I'm not in for the Hulk. I, th- I think the Hulk... Well, was- there's more coming, right? I mean, right. We, we, we know of a few that we can't say because we're not at liberty but we know that they're coming we think they're going to be well received mm-hmm. um including a big one but we can't say um yeah no i, I think it's going to be dope i mean but that said i i won't think it's dope if they switch things up six months later after that too you know what i mean now one i'm curious to get your thoughts around boo because you were you were like you were in the you were in the commentary but you didn't like is the news that Tanasi Coates is taking over Captain America? So, what's with, your question with, with Lionel? You on art? What right. do you think of it? I mean, you 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 seem at least unless you've changed. You you were very much vibing on the the, the Wade Somni. Oh, and, I still uh, am. The um, no, no, that's what I'm saying. And and but, but I mean, right. it, it, it's going to basically be a, a it's going to basically be one arc. It's going to be you know six. Seven yeah, years. I figure it's going to get to to seven hundred or whatever, and then. Um, I, I and Somni is a free agent for those that didn't. Right. Hear. So if his ten year contracts with Marvel are over, it could have been just perfect timing. If if the Wade only wanted to do it with Chris, then then so be it, and it's then then that's the the perfect time to end it. Um, I uh, the latest issue I read is is Cap is now in the future, um, not that far into the future, but still uh, something happened that uh, caused. Um, things to not basically the path we're on is is what Wade says we're going to be in the future in a few years. So, uh, if that's I, I like you, I am way behind on Black Panther. Um, but I'm still looking forward to. I'm I'll I generally go by the um. The adage, I'll give, I'll give everybody a shot. You know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a chance to to woo me and 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 win me over, and uh, I will. You know, I don't dislike you. If anything, I listen. I, I put up with Ross covers on Amazing. I think I can put up with mm-hmm. them on Captain America. So I, it, it's the interiors is what I'm interested in. Uh, I, I think that, um, yeah, you know, I don't. And this has no bearing on it. This shouldn't have a damn thing to do with it. I, I think the, the last time an African-American wrote was, was what Priest on Captain America and the Falcon. So I don't know when I, I, I appreciate. I was thinking I mean, about that. I mean, he's, he's probably the first African-American writer to write 
the proper title, right? Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a. Uh, I I I will appreciate somebody with with a different perspective. Wade has written Cap before, so it's not like you know he needed this to submit mm-hmm. his legacy. Uh, it's it's a. Um, I, I am curious, and and I think that we got some of it during the Priest Black Panther run, but I I, I don't think there's there's a. Um, I don't think we get enough of that Captain America Black Panther relationship, and um, with Coates writing both characters, although with Black Panther with Wakanda in space, I think I don't know how how easy that'll be. But uh, you yeah, know, I I am um, I'm I'm fine with that news. Speaking of that Captain America and Falcon book, you know, Joe Bennett drew some of those issues. I don't dislike Bennett, but I don't know if that's enough for, for me to try a Hulk book. I might check out the first issue, but um, I don't know. I haven't. I, I, I'm not really a, too big of a fan of um, the Totally Awesome Hulk, so it's not like I've, no, I, I haven't really been missing Hulk just because mm-hmm. Hulk hasn't been around for me to miss. Yeah. So, well, Hulk's yeah. my number two. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Hulk's my number three. At Marvel, I, I usually buy everything Hulk, or at least I'll try everything. This, right. I, I just, I just don't, I don't care. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not a Bennett fan. I, I don't think the horror aspect should be applied to the Hulk. Um, Hulk is is best when he's just smashing shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and give us a compelling story uh, like Greg Park with the Planet Hulk, or you know, it's just. Don't mess with the winning formula. Hulk is rage. He's not horror. It remains to be seen whether they can pull it off. I, I won't mm-hmm. be. I won't be there to experience it. I got you. Yeah, I mean, you know, we vote with our dollars. I, I don't. Yeah, think, that's true. I don't think this this uh, aspect of the Hulk is going to last. I don't. I don't know what's implied by the 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 tagline, the Immortal Hulk, where he's become this this eternal undying character that's just dumb Mm -hmm. it's dumb i should mention i read a another comic this week where banner makes his return i read it too and before you get into it if you're going to get into it i I wasn't going to well when you're right you are right when when you hit when you hit the bullseye you are smack dab in the middle of it. Damn. No Surrender is the best Avengers story I've read in a long, long My freaking time. Oh, man. Yeah, I got to get on it. My man. I mean, okay, when did Avengers excite me this much? Avengers Forever, maybe? Oh, wow. You say leather jacket. The Hickman Avengers really didn't you forget about Hickman? Parts of, parts of it were good, but, I mean, it had its ups and downs. Yeah. The the it was it was yeah well I loved it but I I get you it was, it was well written long. but it, at times yeah and and at times it it wasn't visual the, the the visuals didn't match up with the writing right but the thing about no surrender is it's a what is it eighteen issues twelve issues whatever it it's a sixteen maybe sixteen whatever it's a finite story yeah it yep. feels like this could have been removed from the regular title and done as a miniseries. Max, oh, definitely. A yeah, series. no, yeah. I'm wondering if if the truncated nature, the weekly nature, was because 
they knew it was good, but they also knew they were going to do this big reboot and give it to Aaron finally let him do his thing. Right. Right. So they were like, oh, well, listen, let's not throw this out. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Maybe let's let's turn it. I mean, I could be totally wrong. Maybe it was always planned to be this way. I don't know. But but uh, it probably was planned this way because they would have had so many different artists doing the book simultaneously if that weren't the case. But right. but uh, yeah, man, like I said, I'm glad you feel that way. I, I, as it's I said last so week, good. So I, I think good. it's it's been it's been terrific. And I know our uh, our friends over at uh, No Apologies an episode or two ago. By the way, I, I don't know if we did if we didn't. Uh, we should have, and I will now. Congrats to them. They 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 now are now in. They just released episode three hundred one, but they had their three hundredth episode. Um, Look at for them. that. Yeah, so that's awesome. Love um, it. They took the floaties in, off for sure. All grown up. In <laughs> one of the uh, recent episodes, I forget which one. Um, they were talking about the Avengers, and they were talking about how it's been a minute since the Avengers were good, which I agree with. But they also were a little dismissive of the first issue or two of No Surrender. And to whatever extent, um, I, I I would definitely say I disagree with that. And I would certainly encourage them to continue with the series. Because, uh, I mean, as we've been saying now for two weeks, I, I, I think I think it's it's been rocking. Yeah. It's, it's been great. And the uh, visuals are done by... A stable of artists. It's not. Yeah. It's not the same yeah. artist every issue. No. But the caliber of work that they're producing for this is phenomenal. I agree. The guy who did this this past issue, yep. I didn't recognize his name. But I mean, they're not identical in their look. But they all these guys are of the same school, which I think is smart. If you're gonna if you're gonna you're gonna do a a, mm-hmm. a, a series where you're gonna have a bunch of different artists, I, I'm I'm a, a fan of of trying to have them have at least some kind of Copacetic. similar visual um, blueprint. Yeah. And and they're doing that. So the, the artist in question, his name is Sean Izaske. Yeah. Yeah. Or Izaski. Uh, mm-hmm. Not someone with which I'm familiar, but holy crap, that double page spread? Yeah. We're talking like, about issue 682 for people yeah, that are wondering. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, I want a hardcover of this. No, definitely. It's it's been great. It's been yep. great. Yep. When's the last time um, Red Wolf was in a book, and you were like, "Oh, that's cool." When was the last time I read Avengers? Well, yeah, Hickman, but with enthusiasm. I mean, this it just feels special. The trade dress is the same. The it, it feels like very very big doings. They're they're using a miniseries to bring back one of my favorite characters, the Hulk, with the last page. It's it's mm-hmm. just, it's. I think it's a sleeper. Which which makes me love it even more that they're not like shouting from the rooftops, yo, you got to read Avengers. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of those things like when you know, you know. You know? Yeah, you know? You know. So no, I give them props. Marvel, to me, from from my vantage point on the periphery, not being, you know, steeped in Marvel like you and to a lesser extent, David. Well, maybe to the same extent, oh, David. David reads some. Yeah. I'm... Marvel's turning around to me. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, well, I'm getting. I'm, I'm pre-ordering Amazing for the first time in. Yep, same five years. Sneakity snap. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, now, probably will bring the first family back. Well, we can hope. We can hope. I, I will give whoever. I even if it's someone I, I I'm not familiar with. I will give them a big hug and a kiss if if they bring back. Whoever's on the book, take them out to dinner. 
you may have a chance to, to speak to them on the show. What? Is that foreshadowing? <laughs> dun, maybe, dun, maybe dun. not. I love foreshadowing. It's mm-hmm. it's one you of my favorite. You love foreskin too. It's mm. dude. <laughs> dude. Dude. You were born in the '60s. You're not clipped. My oh yeah, I am. Are you? Yeah. See that everybody just found out Vince is circumcised. What does that even matter? Uh, to ask it, to some ladies, it probably does. To some, it doesn't. It's just prettier. <laughs> Am I right? Well, these days, you know, these days they don't—they really frown upon it. Well, yeah, something. I mean, all my all my kids are, but like right after that, they kind of there was this movement where they kind of stopped doing it. Yeah. Again, this does not make for good comic book podcast. Oh, uh, huge super thanks to uh, Matthew Kund for hooking us up with uh, each of us with uh, Digital Forever. Yes, I wish you hadn't decided to, right after we talk about circumcision to bring this up, but okay. <laughs> well, because Vince is talking about how it's not, you know, I'm trying to pick it up a little bit and bring it back to, you know, what brought us all here. Forewarned uh, is foreskin. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, bump. So I, I have to uh, send Matthew a, a, a thank you note. I, I know that it was coincidental. He sent them, and then we were able to uh, get together so I could do the do the handoff. So thank you, Tonsky. Or Schmizzle, for yeah, sure. I didn't yeah. read it yet, but I will. Samesies. Yeah. Samesies. I think we should plan on, not for the next book of the month, for at least for one book of the month, just change the, the thrust to run of the month, where we read something that's longer than our normal, say, six to whatever issues that we do read for book of the month. Like maybe mm-hmm. I know it's biting off a lot, but just humor me, like throw a preacher in there. Oof. Or, I mean, the whole thing. Though? First, I mean, the first volume is there. Dude. We can go back and pick up where we left off with planetary. Dude, We got a whole month. You can't read 60 oh, issues in a month on the side. On the side. No, what? not with everything else we have to do for the show. Dude, you read the old hot moon. In, in in like a week on the bus. No, dude, that's crazy, dude. Sixty issues. All uh, right, so let's say because because like, we have four other we have four regular weeks to do or six. Or we got to read some stuff or six. Episodes. I mean, if you want the other you want the other issue episodes to be like an hour, okay. No, but like okay, maybe not preacher, but something with more meat, something we can get into, like maybe a twelve issue run or something which next wave was but maybe something bigger maybe a series of maybe nick fury versus shield we can read that or just something meaty something big is it nick fury versus shield like 65 issues six issues but it's double they're double size double size right yeah i don't know i just want to get i want to i want to throw myself into something yeah me too i mean yeah I'm, i'm with that i mean i'm cool with that it just depends and, on the what. And there hasn't been enough um, horror in our book of the month. I mean, it's not as if Jap doesn't ask you for ideas every. I knew it was coming. I knew. I, I oh, saw you it. walked right in. Was, I, I, I put the. I walked up to the to the yeah. to the green. Didn't even knock. I put the T down the for you, and I said, and "Okay, does. hit it." Yep. Hit that sucker. We we yeah we um. Dude, I even gave you the opening today. To I'm excited to try. Pete bag or oh right right yeah well 
Panther's going to be hard. Why? Because I don't think you can buy a lot of Panther stuff digitally. Oh. Hmm. And to get them, I mean, I'd love to do Cola Madness, but I'm not going to say let's do this and make you both buy it because they're not okay. they're yeah. not yeah. digital and you can't get them there's no street corner vendors for the digital Panther stuff. Well, what you know saying. what? Maybe, maybe then, if not now, we when we're heroes, maybe if we can yes come yes. across a couple inexpensive hard copies of some of the stuff and maybe right. plan ahead a little, okay. little like little little uh, shopping ahead. We we right. Right. buy a couple physical copies of some things and then we you know we tuck them away for even if it's not book of the month right. for things that we'll all own and we can talk about. And if me. it is something that's that that that's more or less readily available, not digitally, but if, you know, if, yes, if we do find something like that, that, you know, before the end of the year, we can, um, we can definitely let everybody know what we found. I mean, well, we let everybody know what we find during the con recap anyway. So, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. so stoked for Heroes. Big time. I know. It's just so far away. I'm trying not to get over, over, over. It's really not I, that far away, though. It is. Uh, so we're already in March. Well, it's, it's March. four months away. Four. four months, dude. No, it's, it's, the it's the middle of, of of June. It's really not that far. Just gotta get through March. Yeah, it's April. three and a half months away. He's got nothing. It's, I'm telling you, if Felix, it's like fifteen weeks away. If Felix does that dinner again with Paul, I'm so it's in. Gonna, okay, that's not a hero's. First of all, <laughs> what was that's that? A at? New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con. It was oh. like that. That's not till October. Okay, further away. Yeah. Oh, then I'm definitely in. You know what? <laughs> y'all, y'all can go <laughs> suck. More wine. wine I'm telling you, mystery wine is potent. Yes, it is. Damn good. Not, it's not, but it's at least it's potent. It's not. It's not. I don't want to go. Apparently, seriously. Um, seriously. seriously. How bad guys- is damage? I don't. I, 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 I got through four, four, not, I got through four pages. It's let's, terrible. Let's, let's be positive. Oh, Vince, hmm. second issue of Cal Exit. Finally, right? Yeah, yeah. We can talk about that next week, and we can talk about uh, the beef what? if you guys want to. Yeah, I got the, the beef, beef today. The beef we can talk about. I got the beef today. You yeah. know, I'll throw a little bit of shade on uh, Strangers in Paradise twenty five number two. What unheard of? Is it a Rachel Rising connection? Yeah, I I don't I I don't I don't see the like it. I don't mind like the wink and the nod that it's, these are all in the same universe. That's cool, but I don't know why we needed a whole issue of her going to the town and like oh. just punching us in the face that it's 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 all connected. It just it it, it seemed like it was only that it was only there to formally establish that it's all in the same world, and I I don't. It just, I don't know, for the second issue, it just seems like a misstep to me. Mm. Can I throw a little bit of shade, Strangers in Paradise way? No. Mm. You haven't read it. (laughs) I I haven't read it, but I have seen the covers and some of the interior art. It looks to me like Mr. Moore is slipping a little bit. Mm. Francine is nowhere near as attractive as she used to be. It seems like he's drawing her harsh looking, weathered. Um, well, the covers are not good. I 
I mean, I think, first of all, one of his signature characteristics of, of Stearns and Paris that, is that he draws Francine to look like a real woman. But a beautiful she, woman. Yeah, but she sometimes is very heavy, sometimes she's not, sometimes she's beleaguered, sometimes she's not. So I don't think that's out of turn i i can't i don't think i can co-sign with that. i mean the interiors of the first two issues are phenomenal i mean they're 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 vintage more i, I don't have an issue okay. with that. interiors i i just i don't understand why we have to make it so important that they're in all in the same universe i mean real talk he went back to this because he's going back to the well right i mean like, right because like motor the, girls shit the bed yes yes be, and be I honest. very much, I, I very much enjoyed Rachel Rising. Um, I, I Motor Girl did nothing for me. No, and I'm sure it did nothing for many people. That's why he's going back to the well. Yeah. Well, you can't blame him, right? No, no. I mean, why not? It's a beloved series. Yep. A lot of us thrilled to have it back. And you know, my point is like, give me, give me, give me, like, don't, don't fuck around with like, we want it back because we want it back. We don't. Right. I don't need it. I don't need a a more verse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know this is a tangent, looping back to what we talked about before, but huge props to Mark Brooks. Those Avengers covers are great. And, and we lost Jason. Um, we lost him. What? No, I, I said I think you lost Jason. Oh, oh. but you don't like the, the, the Avengers covers? Uh, I, don't, I can't say dislike them, but I, I'm not a Mark Mark Brooks. Uh, I've never understood. Well, no. Listen, no. You know, what? I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to speak on these covers because they are actually fine. I'm. I will say though that since you brought his name up, I, I. His popularity mystifies me. I liked him. Well, I can't even remember what he was working. He on. hasn't done an interior in in, in a decade. I think no. Last thing was like the X Force that yeah. uh, the Ab uh, Yost wrote. Didn't yeah. he do some of the Ultimate stuff? Did he? I remember he did, I really know. liking Mark Brooks at one time, and then he kind of went away. But no, I, he just became. No. He's like an out of views. He 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 makes an insane fortune drawing covers and drawing commissions. He's, I mean, he's he, a smoking jacket. His, his commissions are you know ten grand. Dude, it's a good job if you can get it. Oh, I don't listen. Uh, you know how I, I don't I don't I don't front on the hustle. Dude, do if dude's caking up doing that, do do what you got to do. I just I. I, part of this is the heroes thing. We've talked about it on the show. I, I don't. You're talking about I, the auction. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like I. Scott Campbell's in the same boat for me. I, 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 and maybe I'm uniquely positioned to speak on this, and I don't have the same mindset as a lot of others because I do buy a lot of art and a lot of commissions, and I do get a you know a vast preponderance of my commissions are a pinned up style of a pretty female, you know, I, I don't understand why I think Brooks and Campbell draw beautiful women. Don't get me wrong, but I don't understand why they have become recognized as some kind of like legends where their pinup costs 10 grand. And you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I don't think, you can't convince me that they're drawing a better woman than Terry Dotson, you know, or or, or a bunch of other women. It's I, not I mean, a better a woman. It's a it's a different language. 
the the language of Adam Hughes is not the language of Campbell. It's not the language of Brooks. You know, it's it's what language are you attuned to? Yeah, a lot well, of people say, are attuned I, to Adam I, Hughes because I specifically didn't mention Adam Hughes. Adam Hughes. Adam Hughes because I I actually I don't know if anybody's worth that kind of money for a commission, but Hughes is different to me. I look at Hughes's work and think that's stunning, and I don't see anyone else being able to do that. I don't. I don't think Brooks and Campbell's female drawings are well ahead of the field. I think Adam Hughes is well ahead of the field. Well, for my money, Dodson is far better than Adam Hughes. Adam Adam, Adam, Adam Hughes does what he does, and he does it very well. But Dodson is a more versatile illustrator. Oh yes. Yeah, oh, well, that's that. a different debate. I mean, are right. you talking well, about versatile? Yeah, I mean, meaning he he draws the women in a multitude multitude of poses. Where Hughes seems to have this. Let's focus on the ass. Let's focus on the the three finger gap. You know, like he does the same yeah. thing well, every time. Me, I'm not going to front on my boo. I mean, Dotson's my dude. Yeah, right. where Dotson seemingly can draw anything. Right, and 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 it'll be an. Even a black and white image from Dodson will be gorgeous. Hughes needs color for that image to pop, for 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 that for that to come to life. He really needs color, whereas Dodson lets his line do do the talking. Um, slightly off topic, maybe not so, very. Oh, off we're topic. riffing at the end of this. Let's go. Um, it's fun. I I didn't I didn't see any preview pages before I ordered, and and I think I'm like three or four issues deep now, but. Did you guys know that um, Keenan Yarrer was? We were getting a, a, a Milo Minara knockoff on Barbarella. I knew that. You did know that, okay? I didn't. Um, yeah, I think calling him a Minara knockoff is giving him much more. Yeah, too much credit. Oh, credit. no, I don't disagree with that. But I think he's, I, a, I will I think he's a more attack knockoff, personally. A little bit of the two, yeah. But I will say that it is a. Uh, refreshing and surprising approach for a dynamite book in that the the art is very accomplished on Barbarella and it does not succumb to the pitfalls that other dynamite artists have fallen mm-hmm. into. I think Barbarella is amazingly well constructed for a dynamite book. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a dynamite book. No, I will tell you that... Uh... I I have come to the conclusion I do not like good girl stories. I, I do not like stories where women are drawn sexy and they go out of their way not to make them sexual. I either want them sexual or I want it. I don't want it. Well, I think Barbarella like, is sexual. In, in, I mean, everyone around her is not, but she still is. They don't mm-hmm. they don't hype it. I mean, they took her genitalia in the first issue. Exactly. She doesn't act on the sex. No, and if you read the original Barbarella stuff, that's all she does. She was designed yeah, no, for well, that. Rem- you, well, not that you would expect to remember this, but, but Hassan, um one year for Christmas, sent me the hardcover of the old Barbarella stuff. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that. It's Quite great good. stuff, yeah. Uh, by the way, Dynamite, um, front of the previews now. Yes, 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 yes. Well, not at DC. Not, not at DC is going to get their own magazine. There's yeah. room in the front. I can. can so, I, I. I'm this. This confuses me. I'm. I'm vexed by this whole thing. Of what? 
that DC and Marvel are going to have their own <laughs> oh, standalone sure. previews now. It, it's I think it's kind of cool. But what? But functionally, what is it? Let's remember, previews mainly exists for retailers to figure out what they're going to order. Why does having it in three separate books matter? Because they're all trying to get the cover. And Marvel doesn't get the cover. Marvel has its own cover. Well, DC's like, screw you. We'll get our own cover, too. DC generally gets one of the covers, though. Usually, yeah. But they were bumped recently. I forget for what. But now they're they're jockeying for a position where that'll never happen again. They'll mm-hmm. always have their own cover. Oh, it's, the, it's, the last one was Deathstroke Batman. The one before that was the Terrifics. Uh, there's been... There has. and you, But, okay. I mean, it, it's petty. But if, if you're, ta- you're going to measure a dick and, and Marvel <laughs> has... better be answer, Seth. And Marvel has the edge because they have their own little previews. And DC's like, well, screw you. We're going to have our own little previews, too. I mean, it doesn't no, make sense. I, 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 no, I'm... I get like the, the the dominoes of logic of how this came to be. Yeah, I just don't see functionally why it's a benefit to anybody. Oh, it doesn't benefit anyone but DC. Does it benefit DC though? <laughs> like, who's going to order more DC comics because you have a second pamphlet, another its own pamphlet? I don't know. The only one I really care about is Image Plus. <laughs> That's the only one. I mean, you have yeah. your. I love that. Ever since they they did the volume two, that thing is the one of the best things I get every month. It it helps me order. I guess I need to start reading it. I have to skip over it. Dude, there's new Atomahawk comics in every issue. What? Whoop, whoop. What? That's what I'm saying. Damn, new Atomahawk? Shit. See? You're coming around. Dude, I've been, I've been around, son. Son? All right, everybody. Uh, it looks like we've uh, outlasted our uh, our usefulness here. Lengthy, lengthy bonus episodes. That's right. So um, we implore Me. you to please come back next time because you know who gets you know what, and we can't have that. We can't. No. So just please come back. We will have a tasty beverage, hot or cold. You you pick. We'll hot, no, no, no. <laughs> don't need to pick in my beverage. Okay. We uh, got you. In the meantime, say goodnight. David. Mm. Good night. What was that? <laughs> you got a woodpecker. David. Mm. Mm. That one needs some measuring. Oh, okay. I well, you, you you Sorry, had the, the you had the dick out before, it, so it, just, just use it again. Base of the shaft. All this talking about dicks—it's crazy, unheard of. Mm-hmm. Just come back next time. We love you so much. Thank you for being here with us on our patron-supported Book of the Month episode. There'll be another one of these next month. Would you like to per, uh, participate? We hope so. Patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics. Take a look-see if you like what you see. If you like what you hear and you want more of it, then maybe you should consider being a patron. We would love it. We're on the Facebooks. Uh, We have our own little group. We're on the Twitters. David's not usually very active on the Twitter. I am. So, uh... Giggle, giggle, giggle. Yeah. Oh, we're on on Vero. 
Just no, right? we're not. I ain't doing that. I'm not we doing are. it. No. <laughs> we're on Instagram. Comics is. Vero. We are eleven o'clock comics is on Instagram. We're all on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, Vero. I want to be in the auditorium while the guy's sweeping up. That's <laughs> me and the guy sweeping up in the auditorium. That's what what's happening. Well, no, it's 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 you and the um the workers that they didn't pay after the place was bombed. And what is yeah, there's a whole it, there, there's a whole story about the founders of of the company and how some shady shit went down. So why is everybody going there then? Well, here's because the they they dislike the Instagram algorithm, yeah. and I really don't blame them. I everybody isn't going there. That's the thing. It's 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 uh, in fact a funny little work overlap story here. Uh, we own a significant amount of Facebook stock uh, in our firm. Uh, you know, an ungodly amount, um, and. So we talk about the company a lot, and uh, so when all this bureau shit was happening, you know, at, I I I run our weekly investment committee meeting, and I was like, oh, you know, just FYI, it's it's likely nothing, but you know, this, this whole Vero thing, and all these people that I follow are going on to Vero, and it's I was on it, and it sucks, but I don't, you know, I was telling everybody to keep an eye on things. So then they all signed up for it, and like this week, they were all like, the fuck are you talking about this Vero? It's the peakest piece of shit ever. There's no threat to. Facebook and I was like, no, I know. I'm like, but listen, I'm just. And then they're like, and no one's going on it. They're like, there's not even like a half a million users on it. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, it just speaks to the echo chamber that I live in with this with this comic art life. Because like a big chunk of those people seem to be moving on to it because they're all butthurt about the, the algorithm. But yes, there is legitimately like no. It, it like there are things that are on Facebook's radar. Then there are things that like they've heard of but they don't really think are meaningful. And then there's zero. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. I wish what you just said about Vera was the book of the month. <laughs> <laughs> then I would well, give you a big producer, hug. You can edit it. Nah. Oh, I, and I, just I don't play like that. Vince, did you read um, Rick Veach's new book, The One? That's the new book. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> it's not a new book. Oh, is it not new? No. You know, it's like fucking oh. twenty-five years old. Oh, well, I, tr- I tried to read it to make you happy. <laughs> I guess I'm reprinting it for some reason. I don't know why. Yes, he's recoloring it because he was not happy oh. with the original coloring. He couldn't do what he wanted to do. And so IDW says, yo, we got new, you know, come on over here. And we'll, we'll, you didn't like it. I was so excited to read it and tell you how I read it and like get you all fired up. I made it through four pages. It's a masterpiece. Like, yeah. Are you like, kidding me? I'm out. I'm like, out. Oh. It, it, it was originally published by Epic. Yes, and it's, think I think Marvel it's more than twenty-five years old, right? Epic wasn't Marvel. Yes. Oh, you're adorable. Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> Not in terms of my rule that I had to read everything. Some Marvel, of the best but... stuff out of Marvel came out of Epic. No, no, doing that. We've had our. We've yes, I, I'm I'm being facetious. I, I, there were plenty of Epic stuff I enjoyed, but I I did not read. I needless to say, I didn't know if it, I did not know it was a re, reprint of an old thing. Yeah, but, 1985 uh, copyright. 1985. There you go. Well, well, unfortunately, that's not going to be where we finally meet meet in our in with the Beach. I, 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 I had to tap out. Oh shit! Send all hate mail to Jason Wood at eleven o'clock comics dot com. We'll be back next time. Please join us. On her day. <laughs> shit! I'm hitting stop now. Is it good? <laughs>
Goodnight. Night. Mm. <laughs> He's fucked up. <laughs> Dude, I don't know something about him. I just, I just, I just want to bludgeon myself. Mm. Oh, I think it's, it's just, I think it's his patois. It must be. The dialogue always feels like such a work to me.